We are New York. Bernie and Sid in the morning. Talk Radio Centerfold Angel, I should say. That's me, 604. Back here in the Bernie and Sid in the morning show on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Early on this uh, Tuesday morning, and it is great to be back. Let me tell you guys right off the bat, last week, Bernard was out Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. And I was under the impression, because I was told this, that he was going in for chemotherapy. And he actually did, I guess going for chemotherapy last Wednesday. But I guess, and again, I don't know the specifics. I don't delve. I really don't. He's my best friend, and uh, no one is closer to Bernie outside of his family than I am. But I think the reason for that is because I'm not one of those intrusive, annoying people. So I was under the impression he was going for chemotherapy last Wednesday. He missed three days of work. He did not get chemotherapy last week. He had to run through another battery of tests. I don't know why. I don't know what happened, but that's the case. So no chemo last week. Instead, three days of more rigorous testing. So he came back yesterday, Bernie. Obviously, we had a very nice show talking about the Super Bowl and all that good stuff. But he's gone now the rest of the week because he is going in for chemotherapy today. So he will miss uh, the next four shows. He'll be back next Monday. And that's where we are. So I, I find these things out, you know, basically the day of. We got an email yesterday from Matt Meany, who's doing a very good job, I must say. We've had our differences, <laughs> but he's a good kid. He's a hard worker, and uh, he's doing a good job. And he sent out an email yesterday that stated that Bernie will be out the rest of the week. And I'm like, wait a second. I spoke to Bernie Saturday. I spoke to Bernard Sunday. Me and Gabriel at lunch spoke to Bernie on Sunday. Why is he out this week? He was out last week. And as it turns out, that's your explanation. Instead of chemo last week, he had more tests. Now he's got four days of chemo this week. He'll be back on Monday. The uh, The bad news is Bernie's not here. The good news is the show does great and is still great when he's not. Not nearly as good when he is here. I'm the first to admit that. It's a better show when Bernard is here. But we still put on great shows even in his step, which has been quite a bit, obviously, the last couple of months, which right now, who cares? I'm more concerned with Bernard getting better. And uh, this has become uh, a bigger battle than I could have anticipated back in December, certainly than he could have anticipated back in December. And it's um, it got, it's getting a little scary at times, but he is a tough guy. He's a fighter. And this will be um, another week. We'll have an opportunity, uh, at least in his case, to um, hopefully, you know, take out this uh, cancer that's in his body and uh, try to move forward here and get stronger until his next round which comes up in another three to four weeks. So that is the latest, and that's why you're not going to hear Bernie until next Monday. He is getting chemotherapy this week, and I believe it's round two 
of five rounds. He has to go back and forth to the hospital five times and do this, so he'll be about uh, 40% of the way done once we get to Friday later on this week. So, again, that's the bad news. The good news is Justin Ellick is here. Luke Lagrano was back from his couple days in uh, Florida. Yeah, really nice of him to do that. That was really great. What do you mean nice of him? Go to Florida for a couple of days. He's not allowed to go, to, to go away once in a while? Uh, I guess he is. It's not really the time to go on vacation. It's not? No. Everybody know? was is in Florida. Is there Flo- a time to go on vacation? Yeah, but what do you mean? Rudy Giuliani was in Florida I last week. Bill O'Reilly, Ray Kelly. It's like the middle Curtis of February. Well, all the greats were in Florida last week, Justin. But I know your point. I mean, look, I, I can't go anywhere because I, I, I'm obviously hosting the show and been hosting the show for the most part, the last couple of months, and I've been doing that for years, by the way, but certainly the way Bernie has been feeling lately, I can't go anywhere. So he is kind of right. I mean, you got a lot of nerve taking off to Florida for a couple of days. I can't, I got to be here every morning, and you're, uh, you know, you're hanging out in your parents' villa in some guyish part of South Florida. So more I think about it, Justin, you're exactly right. Making, making fun of you, too, to boot. That was cute, though. That was cute. It was very cute. In fact, I just did my morning video, which you can watch at Rosenberg.Sydney, Rosenberg.Sydney. I do it, I would say, on average, four out of five mornings. It's on my story on Instagram. I talk about the guests coming up later on today. I talk about some of the topics we're going to cover. I certainly talk about Bernie and mostly about myself. Shocker, shocker. So Luke last week, (laughs) one of those mornings down in Florida, much like I do on my Instagram, aped me, mimicked me, copied me, and did a story, which I would do, and it was very, very funny, Luke. Thank you. And li- listen, I, you got to learn from the best, right? And uh, when, you, when you're a guy like me and you got this much talent, sometimes you do it even better. So. Oh, my God. You talk about rubbing off. Yeah, I, listen, I, yeah, I go down to Florida for, <laughs> what, two days, four days? And now I'm, I'm back and I've got all the ego. I, it's, my, it's my first Imus mo- moment of the morning. Oh, you have Imus moments now also. Well, n- now I do, yeah. After working with you this long, yeah. Right, totally. but you've never worked with Imus. Yo, listen, right, again, rubbing sense. off, right? Uh, rubbing off. I am rubbing off in a big, big way. That's good, though. That's good. I like that. The whole crew. I mean, I can't walk down the, the newsroom during the morning between 5 and 6 a.m. before I'm even on the air without you guys yelling something that I would ordinarily yell throughout the day. You find yourself doing that more and more, even in Florida with your family, right? Looking like, what are you talking about? Constantly. <laughs> yeah, like that? Just like that. Just like that. <laughs> Gabby Lopez. Gabby sent me a very funny picture this morning. Early, real early, about 4.30, Gabby is Chad's daughter, Chad Lopez. Chad, of course, runs the station. He's a tremendous, tremendous leader. He's the president of the station. And he, uh, his daughter, Gabby, who's adorable, and she runs the video portion of this uh, radio show. You can watch us live every morning. We're simulcast, WABCradio.tv, WABCradio.tv. So Gabby goes to fill up a car with gas this morning on Long Island. And, of course, the prices are up Joe Biden. And they have stickers. And if you're watching us right now, you can see it. Uh, 87. So she gets pretty good gas. Uh, There's a sticker on the pump. And it's a picture of Joe Biden pointing. And it says, quote, I did that. (laughs) So when you go to the pumps and you spend a ton of money, we want to remind you that, yes, gas prices, inflation, all these things are going on. Under Joe Biden's leadership, and there is the picture, WABCradio.tv, Joe Biden pointing, I did that, right by the price at the gas tank for Gabby Lopez this morning. I don't drive much these days. In fact, I haven't driven a car in five years. Last time I drove a car, and I love this story, I got arrested. (laughs) 
It was, um, I want to tell you this story more in the 7 o'clock hour, but long story short, I had no idea when I returned to New York in 2016 to work with Bernard that I had old tickets from circa 2000, like 20 years old. And over the years, they amassed all this, um, I guess, uh, interest and all these other things, and I owed a fortune of money. And I got pulled over driving my sister's car. Because when I first moved back to New York, I moved to my sister Ray Sherry's house in Mill Basin because my family stayed in Florida. Ava and Gabe had to finish school, so Danielle, Ava, and Gabe stayed in Florida. I moved up, moved in with Ray Sherry and Albert in Brooklyn. And I'm using her car one day to buy something on Avenue U in Brooklyn, and I get pulled over. And the next thing you know, I'm in, uh, I get, I'm in jail. You had a warrant out for your arrest. I guess so. I had no idea. I had no idea. That's but, usually how it works. But the best part of the story, I'll tell it now, the best part of the story is... The cop walks me in. It was a gentleman who was a real douchebag, by the way. And nobody loves cops more than me. Nobody. But this guy was such an ass. So you got the one cop walks me in. And there's a female lady, African-American lady. And we walk up to the sergeant's desk. Now, this is right by Brooklyn College down there in, in uh, Brooklyn, you know, because I was living at my sister's house, like I said. So they walk me towards the desk. And I'm standing there, and I'm like, oh, my God, I'm, I'm in so much trouble. I just got back to New York. There were all these stories about Sid Rosenberg back in New York, the rebel, the crazy guy getting into trouble, WFAN. Why would WABC bring him back? All this nonsense. You know, Now they put convicted felons on the air every day. We do, FAN does, everybody does. You know, uh, but, but Sid Rosenberg, oh, my God, like, I, like I'm such a bad guy. Nonsense. But anyway, they were still writing stories back then. And I'm like, oh, God, they found out about this. I'm dead. I'm finished. I walk up to the, to the sergeant's desk, and the sergeant goes, hey, how about those Mets? And I'm like, the Mets? I like the Mets. He's like, I know you like the Mets. I listened to you every day when you were on the fan. He looks at the, uh, the guy who arrested me, and he goes, hey, a-hole, you realize you just arrested Sid Rosenberg? And the guy goes, wait, you're Sid Rosenberg from the fan? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, why do you say something? I go, I'm not Reese Witherspoon. I wasn't going to say I'm Sid. I had no idea. I've been in Florida for the last 11 years. You still remember me? He's like, oh, my God, Sid, you should have said something. So Sergeant goes, I'm getting you out of here tonight. Go in that cell for an hour. I'm going to get you some nice Italian food. I'm sending you home. And I swear to God, they went to La Villa, which is a very nice Italian restaurant in Mill Basin. They brought back dinner. And there I am in the cell eating veal parmesan and ziti. I had a very, very similar experience in college, actually. I had like a 45-minute They thought you were Sid Rosenberg? No. No, but I sat there while I was getting booked and had a 45-minute conversation with a police officer about the Philadelphia Eagles. Is that right? Yeah. But they weren't upset that you got arrested. No. These guys were legitimately upset that they they, were like, oh, we never would have done that. We didn't know it was you. No, they still screwed me. They did, didn't they? Yeah. What you got arrested for? You don't want to know. Actually, I do. No, uh, don't say it on the air. I'm you should, you should never admit to one of your crimes on the air. I'm yeah. not going to. Was it really bad? It wasn't great. Really? Yeah. Can I look it up on the internet? No, you can't. <laughs> is, is it there? Or is no, it... it's, it's, it's been expunged. It's been expunged. Interesting. How come I can't get my stuff expunged? Uh, because you're not a... Um... I'm too famous. Well, you know, you're not like a, a white kid that's from Chappaqua. Oh, Okay. I'm a, so I'm a white kid from someplace else. I don't yeah, if you right. tried exactly. that, Sid, maybe, exactly. maybe you could try that out. Maybe you yeah, maybe right. I guess. That may work. So Anyway, I'm not even sure why I told that story, but it was so entertaining that why not get the show to an entertaining start because you got so much of that negative nonsense to cover today. That truck convoy in Canada, they're still amassing these trucks. 
You know, it's, it's enough already. I get it. I'm, I'm on their side. I don't like the vaccine mandates either. We've been over this a billion times. But after a while, good intentions become a nuisance. Does that make sense? Um, kind of. Yeah, so the uh, the trucks are still amassing uh, in Canada. You got this uh, Durham investigation where it seems, uh, and we've known this for years. Me and Bernie talked about this years ago. There's no question this happened that Hillary Clinton, that witch, and, and I used to like her, by the way, and her campaign absolutely 1,000% spied on Donald Trump. There's no question about it, and Durham is out there investigating that right now. Uh, then, of course, you've got this Ukraine-Russia thing, which is set to explode any day now, any day now. And then uh, entertainment news, Whoopi Goldberg, who was uh, the subject of a lot of conversation on not just this show, but just about every show across the country, she made her return, her triumphant return to The View just yesterday. And I didn't care. I didn't even know about it, but found out about it this morning, and now I'm compelled to talk about it, right? I guess you are, yeah. I mean, it, you know, I mean, I, I don't think more than uh, the normal amount of people that watch The View watch The View because of it. But, right, uh, right. And then, of course, uh, last night, I, um, I just came across this by accident. I was laying in bed, you know, getting all sexed up, Valentine's Day. And, uh, boy, you, you want to talk about, you want to end the moment. You want to make sure that uh, you're, you're not going to get going the rest of the night. Put on New York 1, especially that racist jerk, Errol Lewis. I promise you, you're, you're done for the night. So, uh, by accident, he's on television, and he's talking to Andrea Stewart-Cousins, who was the Senate Majority Leader here in, uh, in New York, up in Albany. And they're talking specifically about Eric Adams, his visit to Albany yesterday, the mayor. And not just a visit, but they're talking about bail reform. You're not going to believe what this lady cousin said. Well, you are going to believe it. You are going to believe it. And that's why New York is a hellhole. Because you've got people in legislation, people in a serious office that make these decisions and really believe the nonsense that they spew. And that's why, folks, elections matter. Wow, what a great segment, huh? I, you really knocked it out of the park. I don't but know where I'll, you get it from. Actually, be quiet. God, yes. Why do you do that? I don't know. You just turn you turn into like a completely different person. It's weird. It's like you grow <laughs> a new brain like seconds before you get on the air. Are you yeah. inferring he's got a brain to start with? <laughs> I guess he is. 1-800-848-WABC. 1-800-848-9222. Thank you, Justin. Coming up at uh, 740 this morning, the great Tuesday guest, our dear friend, the great cop and actor, Bo Deedle. That's always a tremendous segment. He's coming up at 740. Dr. Mark Siegel with the latest on the COVID, Fox News. He's coming up at 840. Michael Goodwin, a tremendous writer for the New York Post. We get Miranda Devine usually. Michael's really good. Goodwin coming up at 905. Lydia reports, beat Sid, and all the news of the day, including more reaction from Super Bowl 56. Off to a great start already. It's Tuesday morning with Bernie and Sid, and it's only right here on Talk Radio 77 WABC.
play clocks. As we get you going, big show today once again. Bo Deedle, Dr. Mark Siegel, Michael Goodwin, New York Post, among uh, other things. So pick up my son Gabriel, usually about 5.30 weeknights, Monday through Thursday. It's later than usual because he's in a play, Matilda. My son's an actor like his father. <laughs> he's famous. He is very famous. So I'm walking down Broadway at about 5 o'clock last night. Very, very cold. Very uncomfortable. After my workout. And I bump in. Actually, I didn't bump into him. He, he, he recognized me, Eric Scheffler. You know who this guy is? Yeah, we've had him on a couple times right there. In that That's season. right. He is uh, one of these Staten Island Ferry Hawks guys. I guess Gary Perone is the president. I'm not sure what Scheffler's role is. Maybe he's a vice president. But he was in here quite a bit with the team name and the, all that cool stuff. He's a great guy. Just so happens he was walking down the block with his lovely wife because they were going for dinner in my neighborhood for Valentine's Day. And then that brings me to this story that uh, there's Eric Scheffler on the streets of New York last night, Valentine's Day, Staten Island Ferry Hawks, and I believe yesterday the Staten Island Ferry Boat, the SSG Michael H. Ollis, made its maiden voyage with passenger service to Manhattan. So now you can uh, take the ferry from Staten Island to Manhattan, which is a big deal because I take the ferry quite a bit over the summer. You know, I'll go to Dumbo all the time. We used to live, uh, my family and I used to live down by um, Hanover Square, by Wall Street, which is literally blocks, 11 Hanover blocks from the ferry. And uh, me, Danielle, Ava, and Gabe would hop on and go to Dumbo, go to, um, what is that uh, Italian restaurant there that I like? Son of a gun. They make good pizza. And Dumbo? Yeah, they make good pizza. Very famous. Right there, right when you get off the, uh, right off the ferry, they make, they make very good pizza. Well, I forgot it. Chachonis? No, it's not Chachonis. San Daniel? That's in Coney Island, right? Felice? No. No, it's a very famous place. Everybody knows it. Gabagool? Oh, be quiet. Uh, somebody will, will tell us. Uh, 1-800-848-WABC. And then um, I would go to Rockaway. I'd go to see my buddy Michael Sullivan, hop on the boat, you know, go down to uh, Bell Harbor, Breezy Point, and I would take the ferry to Rockaway. So I do enjoy taking those ferries. I like it, especially on a nice spring or summer day. So now, Staten Island to Manhattan. So as we get ready for a, a, a season of baseball on Staten Island, and of course, don't forget, the Ferry Hawks have hired New York Met Hall of Famer, World Series appearance, All-Star Games, one of the greats, and a guy that also won a championship as the manager in Brooklyn, Edgardo Alfonso, is now the manager of the Staten Island Ferry Hawks. So now you can take the ferry back and forth and go watch a Ferry Hawk game Right by Frank Morato's house. It might be the only baseball you can and go watch. Well, that better not be the case. Well, I'm, I'm excited be. about the Ferry Hawks, but you better give me the Mets, too. Please. It's not looking good. What do you mean it's not looking good? Says who? They've been in, like, complete radio silent. Like, they talk, like, every three weeks for five minutes, and then that's it for, like, the next three weeks. Yeah. I mean, I, I got to think that the Super Bowl is over. Spring training. It was supposed to be pitchers and catchers. This week, right? It was supposed right? to come this week. Oh, my God. So we're already looking at a... Uh... Shortened spring train. Oh, come yeah. on, Justin. Don't tell me that. I, I just did. Ay, ay, ay. Uh, what is the name of that uh, restaurant? I can't believe I've forgotten this. I'm, I'm just going down a list. Frankie is, is D, I get Frank. Celestine? No, no, be quiet. I think it's, uh, it's Grimaldi's. Yes, Grimaldi's. Yeah. Thank you, Frankie. Very good job. Frankie D, out with an E from downtown. Your mom will be proud. All right, so listen. The big deal here is, in terms of the news international is that any second now Russia can decide to invade the Ukraine. I mean, any second now. Any second. Uh, We heard that it would be Wednesday, which is tomorrow, of course, but it could even be before that. So um, John Kirby is the Pentagon press secretary, 
And um, he seems to believe what I believe, which is Vladimir Putin doesn't really care what Joe Biden says. He's not intimidated by these veiled Joe Biden threats. And Putin's going to do basically what he wants to do. It was John Kirby, cut three. He has a lot of options available to him because he continues to add to his military capabilities, even just over the course of the weekend. He has added more force and more capability to that border with Ukraine and in Belarus, as well as, of course, uh, the maritime readiness that he has established in in the Black Sea and and elsewhere in the Med as well. Uh, This is a military that um, that continues to grow stronger, continues to grow more ready. They're exercising. Uh, So we believe that um, he has a, a lot of capabilities and options available to him should he want to use military force. And as we've said, it could happen any day. In fact, I'd go so far as to say that uh, we could see him move with little to no warning. My dear friend, my trainer, the man behind this beautiful body that got me into FLG magazine, a lot of my acting gigs, Peter Gordio, checks in. He says, Grimaldi's. Peter, you're right. Uh, All right, so that's uh, John Kirby. Now, Bernie has been very adamant, very adamant, that this is a waste of time for us to get involved in, that the Russians and the Ukrainians, this has been a civil war basically for a long, long time. They're basically cousins. They've been fighting forever. And Bernie is of the very strong opinion, let them kill each other, basically. Who cares? So I brought that up with uh, with Rich Lowry yesterday. Lowry was here with me in Bernard, and Lowry was like, well, I kind of get your point, but it's also dangerous for the rest of the world and blah, blah, blah. I tend to agree with Bernard. Leave it alone. My God, stop getting involved in other people's affairs. We have enough problems here in our own country. Our border's a mess. Our country, for the most part, is a mess. Let the Russians and the Ukrainians fight it out. Who cares? My God. But uh, Jake Sullivan, the national security advisor, says if, in fact, Russia decides to invade Ukraine, they better watch out. Look, I'm not going to predict what Vladimir Putin's going to do. All I can do is make sure that we're prepared to respond either way. If Russia wants to continue engaging diplomatically to find a way forward to address their security concerns and our security concerns, we're prepared to do that. If Russia decides instead to take major military action against Ukraine, we're prepared to respond decisively. As far as we're concerned, the United States of America, diplomacy is still open and available. But if Russia chooses to move, we're prepared to respond. Such a jack-off. you got to fix the end of that cut right there. Yeah, obviously. We are prepared to act decisively. Anybody scared of Jake Sullivan? Anybody? I'm not really. (laughs) Not at all, right? All right, so that's the latest. Russia, Ukraine. This can go down at any time. And, of course, if it does, you are listening to the right station. Traffic and sports coming up next. But right now it is time for the 77 WABC clip of the day. Why is it always Bo Snurdly? Um, well, that, uh, I don't know. I think he's, uh, I, I think there's a pattern. There's a pattern. Well, you get so nervous you can't even answer the question. You're like stuttering and muttering like 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 <laughs> Joe I, Pesci and Henry Hill and Good because I because I know you were you were outraged last well, week. It's too much. It's too much of this guy. Guy does an hour so a day. We, so then we got to get we you know we got to get with Chris. Well, Libertine. give me John Katz. I want John Katz and Matitis. Okay. Well, I want something well, from Katz at night. We, I don't want both snurdly every goddamn day. So we'll do Katz at night tomorrow. How does that sound to you? No, because then what happened on Thursday? Go right back to both snurdly. How about this? Where the hell is Greg Kelly? I promise or, uh, you. Or Captain Kirk. I promise you we won't do Bo Snurdly again this week. All right. Can you make that promise? I, I just did. You don't have any authority in this place, though. You well, have none. I, I'm rolling the dice, baby. All right. All right. So this is uh, Bo Snurdly for the last time this week. Sick of it. Weekdays at uh, 4 p.m. and Saturdays at 8 a.m. 
Here, Bo speaks on how liberals deal with Supreme Court rulings they don't agree with. These are liberal politicians and liberal media hacks questioning if the Supreme Court is legitimate because the rulings have not swung toward their ideology. And it's funny. Whenever a ruling goes against liberals, what do liberals do? Well, they claim that somehow or another, Let's go. Come on. it's illegitimate. This is Sid on Sports. Oh, my goodness! Sponsored by Peerless Boilers on 77 WABC. Let's go to the Hardwood last night. The Brooklyn Nets trying to snap that 11-game losing streak. This was, I guess, the first game they played since that big trade that sent James Harden to Philadelphia with Seth Curry, Andre Drummond, and a host of others coming to New Jersey. Uh, Brooklyn, I should say. No Ben Simmons. He didn't play last night, but Curry and Drummond did. And the Nets won. How about that? They beat the Sacramento Kings by 24, blow them out, 109-85 to to improve to 30-27. and The Nets are still the eighth seed inside the Eastern Conference. Seth Curry put in 23 points in his Brooklyn debut, and he spoke after the win. It's been great from the moment we stepped here. Uh... Everybody's made it easy. Uh, guys coming in, even though I said it earlier, even though they've been on a 10, 11 losing, game losing streak, the energy's been great since day one uh, with the team. Everybody, uh, a lot of optimism with the, the new additions and the brand of basketball that we that we plan on playing is a lot of fun. So um, that showed on the court tonight. A triple-double for Julius Randle last night. 30 points, 13 boards, and 10 dishes. Not enough. The Knickerbockers still lose in overtime, 127-123 to Oklahoma City. The Knicks now find themselves at 25-33. and They are the 12th seed inside the Eastern Conference. The Rangers back on the ice tonight. Pete Morgan has invited me to the game. Don't think I can make it. i got to call Pete. But anyway, the Rangers are back, taking on the Boston Bruins. The Rangers start tonight's action, the sixth seed in the Eastern Conference, 64 points, but just five points behind the one-seed Florida Panthers as they march towards a playoff appearance. Sports is brought to you by my dear friend, the aforementioned Pete Morgan, and the fine folks at Peerless Boilers. Check them out today and every day, peerlessboilers.com, paviliontankless.com. They do build America's best boilers. With sports, I'm Sid. Also gaining a lot of legs, a lot of legs. Eventually in the 7 o'clock hour, I'll get to this uh, Andrea Stewart Cousins. Boy, I can't stand this lady. 
You know, I've decided. I've decided that I'm going to tweet once a day. There was a time when I was a, a tweet addict, and I would just tweet all day long, all day long, all day long. And um, now I've become a um, semi-Instagram addict. Again, my page, at Rosenberg.Sydney, at Rosenberg.Sydney. The show has a page, at It's Bernie and Sid, at It's Bernie and Sid. And the station has a very good Instagram page, at 77 WABC Radio, at 77 WABC Radio. So I probably Instagram a couple of times a day, post uh, maybe once or twice, one or two stories. The uh, the last couple of days, certainly with the magazine coming out, FLG Me, on the cover, six-page spread, I've uh, posted a lot about that. And a lot of friends around town that have, um, well, they're proud of me. They're excited. I do repost what they're posting. For example, Rob Shooter. You know who Rob Shooter is? He is one of the best entertainment guys in the business. Right? He does, um, I guess he does a, a podcast, entertainment podcast. He's on all those shows, Mario Lopez. And uh, who else? Who else uh, does those shows? Uh, well, my friend um, Billy Bush with um, Jen Lammers. So he's a gossip columnist, and he actually calls himself the naughty, the naughty gossip columnist. And he wrote on his very popular blog yesterday, Sexy Sid Rosenberg dons the cover of FLG magazine. And all this is um, surreal for me because, and I say this, I really mean this. I'm going to be 55 years old, bald. I got three scars on my head. I'm all beat up. <laughs> and to think that uh, anybody would want me on the cover of their magazine is is beyond silly. So what's happened over the last year between the acting opportunities and the book and this stuff, all based on this, I make it very, very clear, if you read all the interviews I do, including this magazine, where I, I do thank John and Margot Katsimatidis and Chad Lopez. In this specific magazine photo uh, cover, I thank the three of them, as well as Danielle and my kids. I make it very, very clear that all of this is possible because of this, this show. This is, this is, my, this is as good as it gets for me. If everything else went away tomorrow, everything else went away tomorrow, I'd be fine, as long as I have this show, which I'll have forever. Um, and that's the God's honest truth. The other stuff is fun. Don't get me wrong. It is fun. Cover of a magazine, TV show, movie. It's fun. But this is, this is my dream. This is my reality. This is where my heart and soul is. And my team will attest to that. And I say this not at the risk of being nasty to somebody else or demeaning somebody else's ethic, but I think it's fair to say that no one at this station puts more into their show than I do. Nobody. Is that fair to say? I would say so. You put a lot, a lot of energy into it. (laughs) A lot. Guests. Uh, you know, the bits, the, 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 the hosting, co-hosting where Bernard is here. So this is where it begins and ends for me, right here. This specific show. I love it to pieces. But the rest of the stuff has uh, certainly been fun. But I decided to tweet once a day. So yesterday I tore apart Snoop Dogg, Eminem, Dr. Dre, Roger Goodell, the National Football League. I tore them apart for that despicable halftime display. And if you didn't know this, you know, the um, the NFL actually told Eminem not to kneel. Did you know that, that he was told yeah, not to kneel? I saw it in the headline. It said he, um, you know, he defied them. Right. Initially, we were told that they knew about it, and uh, I guess they were okay with it. I guess in defense of the of the NFL, they really did not say it was okay. They told him not to do it. 
And Eminem said, screw you, I'm, Eminem, I'm bigger than you, and he did it. So that was uh, that emerged last night. So that was my tweet yesterday. Today, I take Andrea Stewart-Cousins to the woodshed because this idiot, who was the Senate Majority Leader here in New York, was in Albany yesterday when our mayor, Eric Adams, went there to discuss a variety of topics, including bail reform, and she contends, and I mean she doubles down, triples down, quadruples down, that bail reform is not an issue. That is not the problem when it comes to crime. She's so stupid that it it put me in such a bad mood last night for 30 minutes. Literally. Danielle goes to me, what can I put on the television that's not going to put you in a bad mood? You know, on a Sunday morning, for example, she'll go past Good Morning America, the Sunday version. I can't watch it. Face the Nation, I can't watch it. Stephanopoulos, I can't watch it. I'm becoming more and more like Bernard. I, I hate to say it, but he's a complete antisocial at this point. He'll, he tries to tell you, I got my friends come over to Super Bowl party. Nonsense. Now, he's not feeling well, I get it, but he, uh, he does nothing with anybody. <laughs> and I, I'm becoming just like that. You know, he won't watch a movie because of an actor. He says that's not true, but I'm telling you the truth. It is. I don't go that far. Like, I still love Barbara Streisand. I hate saying that publicly. I really do, but I do. Uh, There are some people that are despicable people that I still enjoy. It just is what it is. But these political shows, in Bernard's defense, I'm, I'm on the same page. I can't watch them. Chuck Todd and I had a long text conversation last week. I mean long. It was mostly about football. Uh, as soon as politics comes into play, we, we stop talking because he's stupid when it comes to that. Right. And I tell him that. I go, Chuck, you're one of the smartest guys I know. You, you, you're just ridiculous. I know that he called you sleepy-eyed Chuck Todd, Donald Trump, for years. Get over it. So what? Right. Who cares? Right now, you're still on Channel 4 last I checked, and he's begging his way back to the White House. He just can't get over it. Some folks just can't get over it, and that's fine. So, um... We're going to cover that Andrea Stewart cousin stuff coming up at 7 o'clock. But that was my tweet for the day. I take her, Errol Lewis, who's a racist and a jerk, and uh, New York One to task. You ever watch this? Uh, do you get? Oh, you're in the city with me. Yeah. So you watch New York One, right? No. Why not? Um, it's I, local news. Yeah, but I, I spend a lot of my time uh, scouring through, at least when, when Bernie is here joining you, I spend yeah. a lot of time scouring through Fox News material. Oh, I got it. Justin also just got a TV about two weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. probably. You're probably right. Probably hey, yeah, black and white Sony Watchmen. And it's just sitting on the box that it yeah. came in. It's not even like up on the wall well, or Fox anything. News, it's you just... know, it's not local. You do realize that, right? Yeah, no, right. I, I realize Right, that. so if you want to know what's going on in Brooklyn or Staten well, Island. Listen, or... I, I read the New York Post every morning. Okay, that's great. Daily Mail. Right. You should watch New York One. You don't one. know how to read, Justin. Come on. I know you're exposing me. I'll tell you, the thing, though, about this uh, this New York One is they're just the most biased. You know, we always talk about uh, the guys on the major networks. Nor O'Donnell, maybe the least offensive, but offensive. Lester Holt, brutal. David Muir, brutal. All the cable networks, CNN, MSNBC, impossible to watch. New York One is right there. Uh, they are just impossible. Now, the morning show I don't really watch because we're on the same time. So this uh, Pat Kiernan, who used to work here, you know, he used to work at WABC, did radio shows here. I think he, wor- he actually worked with Bernie a couple of times. He's the host, the little redheaded guy. And then he's got a bunch of ugly women around him. I don't know who they are. Right. Which is not a nice thing to say, but it is what it is. What am I going to tell you? Well, Including uh, Brian Stelter, that fat bastard at CNN. His uh, homely wife, Jamie, is on that show. I think they put makeup on his bald spot. You think so? Yeah. It's not working. 
So that's the morning show. Then throughout the day, you get these, uh, like this uh, Rochelle Boone. You ever hear of her? Yeah, I actually have. African-American lady. Um, you know, fine. Uh, but she is, uh, her promo on New York One is, I'm like the luckiest girl in the world because I get to work at a station where I got to cover the BLM protests, and I was there when AOC won. So right off the bat, that promo, she's despicable. She's gross. I mean, maybe not a bad lady, nice smile, uh, probably gives toys out to kids during Christmas and, and all that stuff. But um, I'm excited to cover BLM protests, and I was so excited to be there when AOC won. And she's on uh, every day, you know. And then you get uh, Dean Meminger, one of the great Knickerbockers. Remember Dean Meminger from the Knicks? Of course. His uh, goofy son is on that station. He wears a mask outside. You're just going down the whole lineup. And then Errol Lewis is a racist creep. I don't know the whole lineup. I, uh, you know who I do like is Shannon Ferry. She's a cute kid. She went to Hofstra with Jennifer Grodge. You know that? No, I didn't know yeah. that, actually. They may have even been roommates. I don't know. but No way. Yeah, yeah. She's a friend, and we actually talk back and forth. She's a good kid. They used to have a bunch of girls there that I was friendly with. They were nice girls, young, pretty girls, but they got rid of them all. Remember, they had that big lawsuit, all the older right, ladies. Right, right, yeah. yeah. You have no interest in this. I mean, you just, you just patronized no, me. No, you, you, you just, lost me about five to seven minutes ago. Well, you because you don't watch anything local. Why would it, you just said it was? You just said it was biased. Why would I watch it if it's, it's biased? It's not only biased, it's complete swill. And my job requires me to be up to date on the news. I don't have a problem no, no, staying no. up to date on the news. Well, you're right. You're up to date on it. But, but, but for me, you know me. Uh, Bernie cares more about the Russia-Ukraine truck convoy stuff than I do. I don't care about that stuff. Sid, do you remember that Geico commercial? I care about what's going on in Brooklyn. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Luke. Do you remember that Geico commercial where it was like the, the two raccoons eating garbage? Like, it's awful. You got to try it. Yes. That's yes. you. Well, what do you mean that's me? Well, like, what you, do you... You, go, you go through all this terrible uh, television that's swayed and, yeah. and the hosts aren't interesting and Justin's missing every second of it. And you right. You couldn't be more disappointed. Well, you need to watch it. As bad as, it's like the halftime show at the Super Bowl. You knew what was going to happen, but you had to watch it. That's your job. I'm not saying it's good TV, but it's your job. You need to know what's going on. It's more important to know what's going on in Brooklyn and here on Third Avenue than in, in Ukraine. Yeah, but I get everything that, that they, they're reporting on. No, you don't. You have no New idea. You have no idea. You don't think so? What's the name of the Upper East Side Italian restaurant that me and Danielle went to with John and Margot Katz and Matisse? What does that have That was to held do? up a couple of years ago. What's the goddamn name? Well, that was held up a couple of years ago. A couple of days ago, putz. Oh, that's a good question. Yes, yeah, there you go. So if you, you got to know Ninos. You have to know Ninos. Oh, yeah. Actually, right. I do know right. Ninos. But, but you know that, that was Lydia Reports yesterday. Oh, great. We talked Lydia, about Lydia Ninos. Reports, right. Yeah. But if you were watching New York One, you would know what the hell is going on instead of cutting up a uh, uh, cut after cut after cut of Justin Trudeau. I don't care about these truckers in, in Canada. At this point, even though I agree with their cause, they're even annoying me. And I'm on their side. Does that make sense? Uh, Yeah. Whatever you just said. I don't know. You have cuts on this uh, stupidity? <laughs> what stupidity? The uh, trucker, uh, the convoy in Canada. The... Yeah. I do what do you have here? Oh, let's play Justin Trudeau, this uh, profile of courage, number nine. He's the, if you don't know, he's the Canadian prime minister, and he was uh, talking about the, uh, the truckers' protest. Here's Justin Trudeau. The consequences on their lives for choosing to continue to endanger the lives and livelihoods of other Canadians to continue to violate our laws... He's upset. ...are going to be more and more extensive. Huh? And therefore, uh, we are very hopeful that people will choose to leave these protests peacefully now that they've been heard. Um, there are further steps for law enforcement to take as uh, that happens or not. 
but we are a long way from ever having to call in the military. Although, of course, of course. we have to be uh, ready for any eventuality. Of course. Uh, but uh, it is not something we are seriously contemplating at this time. We had this guy on the show. Uh, Bernie likes this guy, Vivek Ramaswamy. Is that right? No. Vivek Ramaswamy. What's that? Vivek Ramaswamy. Right. This guy was on the show, though. On our show? I know I pronounced his name incorrectly. Yes. Wasn't he on? He's like a very smart guy. Bernie brought him on a couple of months ago. Um, to talk about the, 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 the tech uh, scandal, Facebook, Twitter, Jack well, Dorsey. Well, well, that's what he does. He is a, well, he, yeah, he he, is a biotech engineer. But, well, then uh, you would know he was on about that. But you don't know that, of course, because you're, you're too busy watching Fox News. <laughs> anyway, um, he was on with Bill Maher a couple of days ago. And uh, unlike Justin Trudeau, is his name Vivek or Vivek? It's uh, Vivek. Vivek was actually praising these truckers and making them out to be heroes. When the George George Floyd protests played out in 2020, I was still a biotech CEO back then. Back then, every institutional elite in America, in other countries around the world, but especially in America, would step up and say, what we need to do is we need to listen and open our hearts and minds. And I think those same institutional leaders would now do well to take a page from that playbook in listening to these truckers, too. Right, I mean... Actually, listen to what they have to say. There you have it, okay? Uh, he's right. I mean, the truckers have done a good job, and, and I'm all for protesting these vaccine mandates. I really am. But it does get to the point of no return, and I think they're kind of there at this point. 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. That's a great hour number one. Still to come, hour number two, you'll get Bill O'Reilly's morning message and Bo Deedle, always an amazing Tuesday guest. Coming up in hour number three, You've got Lydia Reports and Dr. Mark Siegel. I do want to make it clear that we did not have Vivek Ramaswamy on the program. Yes, we absolutely did. I I would bet your salary, not mine, yours, that we absolutely did. I just searched the WABC radio website. Well, maybe it got deleted. Maybe Meany deleted it by accident. He was on. There's no question about it. I don't believe you. All right, maybe I'm wrong. In the 9 o'clock hour, we'll have Beat Sid and Michael Goodwin, the great writer from the New York Post. So we have three very exciting hours coming your way and including more audio from Vivek. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Happy price, price line. Was on this show six weeks ago. My love, there's only you in my life. The only thing that's right. like this version. This is a Lionel Richie and Shania Twain. Of course, Lionel Richie and Diana Ross did the original Endless Love version when, um, what's her name, Brooke Shields was young and beautiful. Now she looks like uh, Bruce Jenner. Hate when that happens. I know. So terrible. 1-800-848-WABC. 1-800-848-9222. Once again, Bo Deedle, Dr. Mark Siegel, and Michael Goodwin. Coming up.
the next three hours of a very exciting Bernie and Sid on a Tuesday on Talk Radio 77, WABC. pictures of this Christina Lee, this beautiful young Asian girl who was murdered, not just murdered, but stabbed 40 times by this piece of garbage who was arraigned on murder yesterday. Let me let you folks know, of course, he was not, he was not a white supremacist. So as my neighbors and folks on the Upper West Side continue to rally Friday afternoons on 96th Street and Broadway, holding up their big sign about killing black people and all this nonsense, that um, it ain't white people doing it. It ain't white cops. It ain't white people. It's black people that are killing each other, that are um, perpetrating these attacks on the Asians, on the Jews, and and more. So um, I'm going to be brutally honest here. I don't care. I'm not saying it's the majority of black people. The overwhelming majority of black people are great people, great people overwhelming majority let me let me use those two words once again before you start calling me a racist on twitter but there's an issue a lot of the violent crimes in this city that are brought to certain groups are predominantly made by black people that's a fact and this murder of christina lee this little scumbag with this uh, gray hood i want to kill this person with my bare hands given the opportunity i think i would don't know him no idea who this person is didn't know christina lee but i'm just sick of it I am just so sick of it, and I'm sick of all the lies, and I'm sick of all the nonsense. And then, of course, as I told you earlier, I sat down last night to watch um, TV, and New York One was on when I came into the bedroom. It was just on. And one of the people that I really don't like on television is Errol Lewis. Errol Lewis, a couple years ago, came out and started attacking me on Twitter. It was unprovoked, really. And uh, brought up some of the comments he had made on Imus, and me and Bernie just leveled this guy. It turns out, you, you want to talk about racists, you want to talk about bad guys, that's Errol Lewis. And he's stupid on top of it. I don't care how many shows he's on and CNN and New York One, I just don't care. And he sits there, you know, every week he sat there with Bill de Blasio every Monday night and yucked it up while the city was falling apart. Now, yesterday, Eric Adams the new mayor, he went to Albany to meet with the legislators and the powers that be in an effort to try to clean this city up. And Andrea Stewart-Cousins is the Senate Majority Leader, and this lady is is just... Um, stupid? 
Yeah, man, we use that word too much. You have like a uh, Roger's uh, thesaurus, start using synonyms for words like stupid. I mean, everybody is stupid. Everybody is stupid, I feel like, these days. I don't know. But she's worse than stupid because she's dangerous. Stupid is as stupid does, as Forrest Gump said. That's fine. But when somebody is stupid and people die because of that, there's got to be a better word. I mean, take your pick. Ignorant, dense, brainless, mindless, foolish, dull-witted, slow-witted. Even those words don't really depict how dangerous this lady is. You got one, Frankie Diaz, with an E. What do you, what do you got for me? Imbecilic. Good word. I mean, uh, Bernie does refer to Joe Biden as the imbecile in the White House, so we've used that before. She's an ignoramus and a miscreant. How's that? That's okay, but it's two words. Not great. Listen, uh, I think you kind of get the point. So she's on with Errol Lewis last night, and she's actually trying to convince not trying to convince, because I think Errol Lewis actually believes her. He, he is an ignoramus. She is explaining to Errol Lewis and the viewing audience, which included me last night, that bail reform is not an issue. Not an issue. That is not the problem. Once again, the problem is the amount of guns we've got in this town. You put this person on television, and there are people and tons of people that watch this and agree. And they agree. And that's why it's dangerous when you allow everybody to vote. Just when I thought democracy (laughs) was the way to go, when you allow uninformed people, who may also be not just uninformed but agenda-driven and biased, that's how people like Joe Biden win. That's how people like Andrea Stewart-Cousins win. That's how somebody like AOC, who should be ashamed of herself, AOC saying yesterday that the uptick in crime. Do we have this audio? What was uh, a Frankie Diaz with an E? What I don't was think her? there was audio. I think it was. There's uh, no audio. Some sort of statement. Right? It was the audio statement. was from the one that the audio that I used this morning was from something two month two years oh, ago. No, no. What did she say yesterday? Well, what what did she attribute all this crime to? Was it the 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 child tax reform yes. thing or whatever? Yeah, yes. She, that's that's what she said. That it was the reason for the uptick in crime. The child tax credit. Yeah. I mean, come on. Really? Did you really say that? That's what it says in the post. Yeah. Well, here's Angie Stewart-Cousins with Errol Lewis last night, and she really tries to sell that bail reform is not an issue. Here she is. Now we're also looking at the reality of the pandemic. We're looking at, at two years that, uh, you know, have shaken everyone to the core. And I think we're also looking at, in my mind, this kind of repetitive, you know, Republican national uh, coordinated campaign of fear, frankly. And so no matter where you go uh, in the country, you know, they're talking about bail reform and crime. Our bail reform is not the catalyst for national uptick in crime. No. And so, I mean, I just think we have to reset. We have to, you know, look at what we've actually done and look at look at what 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 is at stake. Look at what is at stake. That's right, Andrea, dummy. Look what's at stake. Dead bodies in the streets piling up. The numbers going through the roof. Violent crime. See, she was trying to make the point time and time again she said the word misdemeanor. So if you commit a misdemeanor, her example was you should not do serious time. And she said that 99%, that's the percentage she used last night, 99% of folks that commit misdemeanors, when in fact they're allowed to go home 
they go back and they become law-abiding citizens. They go to work every day. They become real functional members of society, and they're an asset. That was her point. Now, what she did not address, which the New York Post does this morning, and I can't wait to talk to Michael Goodwin coming up at 9.05, is that 43%, this is a number that is way too big, and if my good buddy Lou Spagnola is listening now, and all of you brave men and women in blue, God, this makes your job a heck of a lot more difficult. 43% of folks that commit violent crimes, violent, not misdemeanors, violent crimes, go back out and guess what? Do it again? Correct. Correct. So does Errol Lewis bring that up to Andrea Stewart-Cousins last night? No. He bobs his head up and down. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sure. This lady is sitting there telling an audience, yes, AOC blames a crime surge on child tax credit ending, calls Congress an S show. She, she should just be ashamed of herself. But forget about her for a second because she is what she is. But, you know, this Andrea Stewart-Cousins, instead of Errol Lewis saying, but wait a second. I saw the statistic today. It's in today's New York paper that 43% do it again. What about that? Above and beyond a misdemeanor. None of that. He just shook his head. Yeah, yeah, sure, 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 sure. The problem is guns. Guns, guns, guns. Gun violence. Gun violence. We talk about this every day. So you have to excuse me because I'm bad at that. Like, I know you keep playing the hits. I was taught by the best in the business. Keep playing the hits. I don't care if you do it every segment, every day. That's what people want to hear. And um, I don't necessarily agree with that. Well, we wouldn't have to do it every day if, it, if somebody would do something about it. Well, you see what you did there? That's very, very smart. I know. I, some, sometimes it just turns on for yeah. a second. Not often. No, not often, but from time to time. Here's uh, Ralph Napolitano, and Tony's. He sends me this list. Silly, dumb, foolish, idiotic, absurd, senseless, nonsensical, ludicrous. Oh, I like ludicrous, the, uh, the what performer, about actually. Threatness. What word is that? Cretinous. I'm reading a, 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 a list here for a second. Imbecilic, dense, obtuse, asinine, half-assed, slow-witted, preposterous, harebrained, bonehead, dimwitted, stupefied. And what word is that now? Cretinous. I don't know how you spell that. C-R-E-T-I-N-O-U-S. And what is the exact definition? I don't know. Let's click on it and see. All these words apply to Andrea Stewart-Cousins. All yeah. these words apply to... AOC, all these words apply to Errol Lewis. But on a serious note, this is very dangerous stuff. When you've got people in Albany making your legislative decisions that say that bail reform is not an issue, that all it is at this point is a Republican talking point, then you're dead in the water. You are dead in the water. And I don't know if Eric Adams said to Cousins, you're nuts. Stop. My city is, 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 is a mess. Don't tell me bail reform doesn't matter. Did Adam say that? Do we know if he said that? No. Uh, I keep I'm, hearing I'm, Eric Adams says all the right things. I want to hear Eric Adams get in the face of Kathy Hochul. I want to hear Eric Adams get in the face of Alvin Bragg. I want to hear Eric Adams get in the face of Andrea Stewart-Cousins. Not come on the, the radio show with John Katsimatidis and say all the, the nice things that he did. And John did a great interview that day. John was perfect. Perfect. And Eric said all the right things, but until he gets in the face of the people that matter, that make decisions and laws in this city, I don't want to hear about it. 
When Andrea Stewart cousin says last night that bail reform is not an issue, I need Eric Adams to call her effing crazy. Did he do it? No. What were you going to say? I'm sorry. I'm, no, I, I was going to say. Up for I was, a second. Well, yeah, you did. Well, hey, listen. No, I mean, you really fine. brought the power there. It was very gumptious. Okay, that's fine. Um, no, I was just going to say he what didn't, he didn't say anything. Gumptious? Gumptious? Yeah. What does that mean? I, I really don't know. I just kind of went with it. Was I right? I don't even know. I don't have a uh, as good a vocabulary as Bernard does. Bernie has a very, very good vocab- vocabulary. I'm, uh, I'm cute, but I'm not all that bright. You know what I'm saying? Your list of words is kind of like stupid, uh, bastard. No. Uh, it, honestly, I think it kind of stops there. I think I nailed it. Alert, eager, vigorous. Yeah. That's what gumptious means. That's a very good job out of you. Thank you. It's like a $5 word. What is that uh, school you went to again? Oneonta? Uh, <laughs> no. Or Sinus College. Oh, Sinus. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Often, often Sinus mistaken for your. I think Andrea Stewart Cousins went to uh, or Sinus College, and she is uh, certainly living on Uranus. Yeah, she's got a you know a statue there or something like that, right, <laughs> right next to J.D. Salinger. <laughs> you think she does? No. Well, anyway, so this is uh, this put me in a bad mood all night. So between the halftime show on Sunday night and Andrea Stewart Cousins last night, and this little animal that stabbed. Poor Christina Lee, God rest her soul, 40 times. Well, I'm just sick to my stomach. You know, that's why, you know, when I leave the office, I'm going to be completely honest with you guys. When I leave the office, I really try not to pay attention to any news. I'll go home. I'll have a nice lunch. I'll go to the gym. Watch a little porn. And then I'll, uh, you know, get my kid. And this is coming from the guy who... What's that? Ten minutes ago, you were imploring me to watch... New York won, and if, yeah, I, but, did, if she, I didn't, I would risk losing everything. Yeah, because you need to do that, because what happens is because I don't want to watch all this stuff, because I'd rather watch the Bravo channel, Naked in Bed with Danielle, while Bernie watches this nonsense. I need you to come in the next morning and go, here's what you missed last night. Then I come on the air as if I watched every second of it, because that's what I do. I don't do that already? No, because you don't. You never give me anything from local. Never. It's always Ukraine-Russia. Like right now, the Russians supposedly have pulled back some of their forces. So I'm not sure if they're trying to pull the wool over our eyes and maybe act as if they're not going to invade the Ukraine. I don't know. I don't know. But to me, Russia-Ukraine, not nearly as important as Andrea Stewart Cousins in our state affecting our city telling us that bail reform is a Republican talking point. Okay, so now, I, now, you wouldn't have gotten Cousins today if I didn't tell you about it this morning. Right. Is that not true? That is true. Okay. I, I missed, you're, 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 I missed... you're worried about the trucks in Canada. No, that's not what I'm worried about. Okay. I, Hillary Clinton uh, spying stuff. on Donald Trump 18 years ago. We have local stuff every day. We do? Yes. Oh. Well, then what am I bitching about? I, I don't really know. <laughs> <laughs> Bill O'Reilly's morning message is coming up next. Coming up at 740, hero cop, great actor, Great friend, all that good stuff, Bo Deedle. Coming up at 825, Lydia Reports. Coming up at 840, Dr. Mark Siegel, Fox News. Coming up at 905, Michael Goodwin, New York Post. And coming up at 940, Beat Sid. How exciting is that, folks? This is the Tuesday edition of Bernie and Sid in the Morning. And it's only right here on Talk Radio 77, WABC. Bill O'Reilly here, and I'm warming up from the NRIA.net studios in New York. Stand by for the O'Reilly Update Morning Edition. On this Tuesday, I am thinking about a CBS radio report I just heard that said 
the Super Bowl halftime show got good reviews. From whom? CBS did not say. Now, I fully realize I am not compatible with the hip-hop world, but I ask a simple question. Could you understand any of the lyrics shouted at the Super Bowl halftime show? I could not. I needed subtitles. Badly. The whole thing was very strange for a guy brought up on the four tops, me. There was 50-year-old Snoop Dogg wearing electric blue pajamas, waving his fingers around in some kind of strange symbol. Then Dr. Dre doing something. I'm not sure what, but he was doing something. Followed by Eminem, the token white rapper, in a sweatshirt and very droopy pants. The always astute Eminem took a knee in homage to Colin Kaepernick. How daring. What did it all mean? I don't know. I don't believe NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell knows, nor does Pepsi, who sponsored the exhibition. I guess it was inclusive, which is very important to Pepsi and the NFL, but in the end, I don't know what was going on. I couldn't understand them. That is the Morning O'Reilly Update. More analysis later on. Making love to you was never second best. With you, 727, your Tuesday morning heroic cop, great actor and dear friend Bo Deedle, coming up in about uh, 13 minutes. We did discuss a lot already this morning from the possibility of the Russians invading Ukraine to Andrea Stewart Cousins with Errol Lewis last night telling us that bail reform is not an issue to the truckers continuing to amass at the Canadian border over the vaccine mandates. But I've got a um, I've got my own dilemma. I don't like going out at night during the week. I just don't. Uh, but I do it occasionally if it's a nice event or a dinner. You know, if John and Margo want to go for dinner, I'll do it. Um, but I have uh, two invites the next two nights. I've got the Ranger game tonight. Now, the Rangers haven't played a hockey game in, like, how long now, Justin? It's been, uh, well, since before the All-Star break. So, that's the All-Star break wasn't this past weekend, but the weekend before. So, it's like three weeks. Two weeks. Two weeks. Yeah, I wouldn't yeah. go as far as three weeks. Two weeks, yes. yeah. So, Pete Morgan... My dear, dear friend, Mr. Peerless Borders himself, has invited me tonight to go to the Ranger game with his son, Spencer. His beautiful daughter is going to be there, too. He always has the box. You know, you get the food, you get the drinks, all that good stuff, chocolate chip cookies. And uh, I do love the Rangers, and the Rangers are a six seed, which is better than the Knicks. So I got that tonight. But tomorrow night, I've got courtside tickets with Bill O'Reilly for the Knicks game. Who are the Knicks even playing tomorrow night? I don't oh, even the know. Nets, the Nets. The oh, the Nets? Nets? Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. That's a big game, Knicks-Nets. I mean, the Knicks are the 12 seed. They're like eight under. Just a couple of weeks ago, Corey Zelnick invited me to a Nick game. I couldn't make it. So do I go Rangers-Pete Morgan tonight or Knickerbockers 
Bill O'Reilly tomorrow. I love both men. Love them both. I'll tell you why you're going to go Rangers tonight. Because you're going to be there. A, because I'm going to be there. And B, right. because the Rangers are actually going to win this game. Now, who cares about that? What do you mean, who cares about it? You want to you, you sit there and watch the Knicks get blown out? Not really, but I'm, I'm well, not yeah. going to. But I don't stay for the whole game anyway. You know, I got to leave by like the third quarter or something. Don't you want some semblance of enjoyment? I don't care. No, I just want the food to be good, decent conversation. I'll make sign a couple of autographs, take a couple of pictures, that type of thing. I'll make you a deal. I'll buy you a hot dog. I'll get Peter. I I eat for free. What would buy me? Are you crazy? They treat me like I'm uh, Henrik Lundqvist. No one will treat you better than I'll treat you, baby. Sounded gay. Did it? Yeah. Yeah. He he just called you baby. He did, baby. That was the gay part. I got to be honest. All right. So, so everything before that was fine. Yeah, it was fine. All right. I'll correct. I'm going tomorrow night. I'm not going tonight. I'm sorry. You you almost convinced me just now, Luke. But I, I, I I can't. Well, tonight is also it's uh, it's a big night on Bravo. You know. Wednesday night's the big TV night. It is. Yeah. Oh. What did you do last night for Valentine's Day with your girlfriend? Anything? Uh, no. We're gonna celebrate on Saturday night. Next Saturday. Like this upcoming Saturday. Usually, we, like me and Danielle, most people celebrate it last Saturday, before the holiday, not after the holiday. Yeah, we're going to celebrate it after the holiday. No, no, why is that? It'll be much easier to get a reservation at a very good restaurant. And no. um, she had class all, until late last night. Well, what, what kind of, um, I'm just curious what you dub a very good restaurant. Like, where would you go? Oh, man. Huh? Yeah. Well, yeah. you know. Very good I mean, restaurant. Very yeah, good. Very good. Yeah. Uh, go to Nino's. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> See what I did there? You should take it to the uh, the River Cafe. I love that place. Okay. In Brooklyn, yeah, right sure. by the Brooklyn Bridge. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I just don't really want to go all the way to Brooklyn. Right, it's of course. Of not. In the ass. Sure. Plus, you can't afford that place. Right. By the way, I can't afford that place. I can't afford much, to be yeah. honest. Yeah. So, so that's what I'm saying. So, your idea of a very good restaurant is what? I'm just curious. Well, you Applebee's. Know, yeah, but I I take it on the chin. I take it what? on the chin. Like I'll take the bill on the. I chin. would hope she does. No. What? Wait. Hey now. Hey now. of television, what a perfect way to bring in our next guest, who spent the better part of three decades as one of the most heroic cops in the history of this city, solving some of the most brutal crimes you've ever had here in New York. Now he's gone on to become a great actor, whether it's Goodfellas, Wolf of Wall Street, The Irishman, or Gravesend. He's always terrific, and most importantly, for the better part of three decades, a dear, dear friend of both me and Bernard. He is the great Bo Deedle on a Tuesday morning. Good Tuesday morning, Bo. Good morning, good morning, and my thoughts are with our buddy Bernie. Get well, my buddy Bernie, that's all I say. Okay, uh, congratulations, Sid. On? I got to congratulate you. I got the word that uh, you're all over the newsstands down in the West Village. <laughs> you're up there. You're called the Metrosexual Man, and the West Village is loaded with your, with your magazine. Guess who contacted me, Sid? Who? Mattel Toys. <laughs> Mattel Toys. They want to do a Sid doll. You know what you can do? What? You can give it a manicure, a pedicure. You can shine its head. You can give it both cock injections. You can make it tan or not. You can dress it with Joseph O'Boot's clothes. You can pump up air into the arms, the chest, and the shoulders. Every kid's going to want a Sid doll for Christmas and Hanukkah. That is hilarious. That is brilliant, Bo Dito. Brilliant. Well, let me tell you. We, you know, that's that's something that I, you should really think about 
I could see having you in my apartment standing there looking at me. <laughs> and I'll be shining your head there. I'll be pumped. Oh, that's funny. One thing, you can't put no air in the legs. No. Skinny legs. No, I have skinny no. legs. I have nice legs. They're nice, but they're not very muscular. That is a brilliant idea and very, very funny. And, yes, they do love me down in the West Village. More importantly, how was your Valentine's Day dinner with Margot last night? How was that? Well, I'm going to tell you something. I got sick as a dog on Friday. There's some kind of a 24-hour virus. Uh-oh. I threw up I threw up for a day and a half. She came up from Florida, poor Margo. And the next thing is Sunday morning, she started in throwing up. And oh. we, were not, we were not together. She stayed out there. I came into New York, and I uh, got the, some food from the 2nd Avenue Deli. Nice. And I sat in my apartment on Valentine's Day. But you know what? We, there's always another day. Right. Always remember, That's it's right. only a day. Well, yeah, you say uh, there's, there's always another day, but I got to tell you, Bo, with the crime here in New York City and people like Andrea Stewart Cousins in Albany trying to convince New Yorkers last night that bail reform is not yep. an issue, we're not guaranteed another day. Well, let me tell you something. I was on the Big John Katsimatidis show last night. Uh, I was on there with the great Congressman King and uh, and, and the judges and all that. And I'm going to tell you, we were talking about just that. And now they're coming out with this targeting neighborhoods for trigger pullers and all this stuff. And you know what? It's good to focus on neighborhoods, but we got to focus on the fact. Like I always say, the gang members, the ones who are carrying guns, the ones who are shooting the guns, they're getting arrested time and time. If you don't keep the mad dogs in jail, they're just going to come out and do it again. And when Andrea Cousins talks, I, I don't like that Errol Lewis either. That's not <laughs> punk. All I know is one thing. One thing, when I ran for mayor, he was a, a condescending punk, and that's what he is. And all he just sits there, I, I want to sit on my porch in Brooklyn. I hope you sit on your porch, and maybe a stray <laughs> bullet will come your way. You'll you'll change your mind about that. That's all. All I can say well, is... Well, let me stop you for a second when you say a stray bullet comes your way. And obviously you're kidding, but, but you're really not. Because at the end of the day, the only thing that'll make people like this maybe see the light, unfortunately, Bodiedle, is if something really tragic happens to them. You see, they don't care. But if it hits home or close to home, maybe then they'll come to the realization that allowing people to go back into the streets, 43% do the same thing all over again, and they're not guilty of misdemeanors. And, I, and I'm, not, I'm not worrying about the misdemeanors. I'm worried about the loaded guns. I'm worried about the shooters. I'm worried about the robbers. So she, she's talking out of her butthole. That's what she's talking about. You know what? You have what they call common sense policing. And the common sense policing knows there's three to 4,000 bad guys out there that are doing all these violent crimes. Well, 80% of the violent crimes. And they're repetitively going out. we got to fix up Rikers Island, clean it up, put new rooms there, throw some money, get new correction guys to support them. And you know what? I want prisoners to be treated with respect, and I want my court officers to be treated with respect. But when you got mad dogs, like that mad dog that that, that stabbed that beautiful oh. Asian Terrible. You're right. I mean, to look at that beautiful face, mm. and this guy here had it wrecking down the, down his arm. Mm. But we got we can't we can't mistake this, Sid. You got two types of criminals out there, and I'm calling it a criminal. You have the mentally ill criminal. That's mentally ill crime. When a person's mentally ill and commits a crime, then you have the gangbangers. You have the professional criminals that are just out there to cause chaos, 
shooting guns and robbers. So it's two different things. But the common denominator is we cannot allow mentally ill people who are violent on our streets to push people in front of trains, to stab people, that is not doing it. And until we recognize we got to cut the cancer, the cancer out of our streets and put them in jail and give them help, the mentally ill, I think they should be con- consultation, medication, whatever they got to do. But by leaving them on the street with these violent mentally ill people, we're going to have more and more people killed. Then you got your gangbangers. They're having an open party. They're just shooting away because they know, hey, give the gun to the 16-year-old. He'll be out tomorrow, and he can carry another gun. For right. They, they came out with the numbers for the subways. 38% crime is across the board, robbery, assault, and other arrests. And 38% in the last month. Now we're talking about people traveling the subways again. Uh, yeah. Would you travel on the subway? Well, I do. I, I, I still take the subways. And I have to tell you that uh, every car, every car has a homeless person, has a crazy person. I'll tell you something else, Bo Deedle. I walked down 97th Street with, with my son Gabriel last night, who you love. Me and Gabe walking home from his school, 97th and Broadway, one block, one block. We came across not one, not two but three panhandlers, and I had no idea if if any one of these three were actually crazy people. So between the subways and the people on the streets of New York City, it is really scary, really scary. But the, the point to get, you know, we got Mayor, mayor Eric Adams. He's our mayor. Please, Eric, hear us, hear us. Right now you, you, right now you have the mentally ill that are on the streets. There's a certain point when people who are homeless and mentally ill – become a danger to either themselves or the public. The city council, it's their responsibility in the mayor. We have to make some kind of a law that if they are, are deemed to be not coherent and have problems, we have to help them. We have to, if we have to forcibly take them off the street and get them into a place where we can help them, we can get uh, doctors to examine and psychologically evaluate them and, again, give them medication. But when you get a moron like AOC that states that crime, crime is up because of tax credits and they're stealing, they're stealing formula for the, for the babies. But there was one good thing that came out of it. She goes that she's considering about walking out of politics. Yeah. I tell you what, I'll say it right now. AOC, I'll take you to Rails. <laughs> if you quit tomorrow, I'll take you to Rails. Oh, God. For a nice dinner. Yeah. And you can stop your fugazi crap right. about coming from the South Bronx. You're from Scarsdale. Your parents had money. You went to a great house. So shut the hell up. You're a <laughs> phony. <laughs> well said, Bodeon. Let me tell you who's not going to be at Rails on any given Thursday night with you. Assuming you can take five people, I don't expect those five people to be Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg and Mary J. Blige and Eminem. I know you watched the game on Sunday. It was a great game. Great game. Rams won the Super Bowl. But everybody has an opinion on halftime. We saw two different things during that show. One, Eminem took the knee despite the fact the NFL told him not to. He still did it. And then at the very end of the, of the um, I guess, uh, performance, Dr. Dre took a veiled shot at the police. Did you watch it? Uh, what were you thinking? No, no, I, I didn't watch it. The old, the, I, I, I stood by what I said. I, I put it on. Uh, I put it on mute. I love the commercials. That's why I wanted to watch. <laughs> Good. Yeah. But I'm going to take them. I didn't listen. I didn't watch the actual show. And I'm going to be. I sent out twits and twats and all kinds of things, <laughs> Instagrams for people not to watch that. And again, 
you know who the big culprit here is? That big culprit, I'll call you to your face, blonde hair guy, you're Goodell. Roger, find your ball bag. How you <laughs> could let this happen? You're nothing but a punk, Roger Goodell. You make $40 million a year, and you got no balls. Damn These right. And here, you know what? Speaking about <clears throat> Speaking about ball bags, did you read Michael Goodwin's column on Sunday? I did. In fact, Michael Goodwin is going to join us this morning, coming up at 9.05, and we will talk specifically you, about that column. He talks about a peak inside the Oval Office. I fell off my chair when you listen to what he said, what goes on in the Oval Office. Biden not knowing who is chief of staff. Biden not known who the secretary of state thinks yep. he's John Kerry. <laughs> yelling at him. And then all of a sudden he goes after Kamala Harris. <laughs> she starts laughing with that stupid laugh. And he says, he mumbles, why, why, why is she here? <laughs> this is one of the greatest oh columns that, that Michael Goodwin ever wrote. I love Michael Goodwin. Everyone should read his column. And I can't wait to listen to him this morning. Please stick on that, please. And uh, again, we, I want to send my love to Bernie. I hope he's feeling better. And all I can say is we love this city, uh, uh, Sid. Your new name is Metrosexual. <laughs> That's funny. And, and you also, with your doll, Sid, you can shave his whole body. You can shave his whole body. <laughs> Little stubbles come up. Do you use an electric shaver or a straight razor, Sid? <laughs> that is brilliant. And so true, by the way. Bo Deedle characterizing me perfectly from beginning to end. And another... Great appearance by our Tuesday star, Bo Deedle. Again, heroic cop, great, great actor, dear, dear friend. Bo, you were magnificent today. I love you dearly. Thank you so much. That was great. Uh, all right, my friend. Take care. Great. The great Bo Deedle. Thank you, Bo. 1-800-848-WABC. That's not a bad idea, the Sid Dahl. Not a bad idea. 1-800-848-9222. Still to come, we will talk to the aforementioned Michael Goodwin, New York Post. He's coming up at 9.05. Dr. Mark Siegel, Fox News, the latest with the COVID coming up at 8.40. And, of course, in between Liddy Reports and Beat Sid. We'll take a very short break and be back on this epic Tuesday edition of Burning and Sid in the Morning. Only right here on Talk Radio 77 WABC. put on a column that they wrote about me in the Broward Palm Beach Post from like 10 years ago when I got arrested for my DUI. 
from 10 years ago, he actually put the column on here and talked about me getting fired and some of the choices I've made and things I've said. Errol Lewis coming at me, so that's fine. I did tweet this last night. Took the time to watch at Senator ASC. That's that idiot Andrea Stewart Cousins and that idiot Errol Lewis on New York One last night. And now I wish I hadn't. The moron stated that bail reform is a Republican talking point and not a catalyst in the uptick of crime. Elections matter, folks. So all I did was call um, Errol Lewis an idiot in this tweet. And he has gone. He's gone crazy on me. Crazy. At Errol Lewis seven minutes ago. He's unhinged. Fired twice for on-air rants, drunken Sid, arrested, all this nonsense. So, like he's breaking, like he's breaking, yeah, he's breaking new news. news. Yeah, way to go, uh, Serena Williams and uh, Sid got drunk once and drove a car. I mean, really, Errol, that's what you got, bud. At least I come on the air every day and and I fight for what's right. And you don't know whether um, talking about a story about a black person, a white person, a Chinese person, you don't know. With you, you know every single time. You know every single time. Your racist commentary, your your agenda-driven nonsense, your liberal bias, your hatred for this country and this city continues to be on display every day at New York One. They should be ashamed of themselves. You think he'll come on the program? Come on the program. <laughs> He's a big pussy, Errol Lewis. That's what he is. And I don't mean big pussy like um, the character in The right, Sopranos. Right. My buddy Vinny Pistori. So if you're on Twitter, just go up to Errol Lewis and beat the hell out of him. I don't care. I'm not encouraging that, of course. Well, of course I am. With words, why not, right? Not physical violence. Yeah. Go on Twitter and call him what he really is. He beat me up on Twitter. All I said was, you're an idiot. You are an idiot. It's not a big deal. Not a horrible thing. Right? I don't think so. Well, come on. Don't be upset. You are what you are. You're an idiot. On the spectrum of things you could have said. Right. Oh, I could have used that awful R word that he continues to use for me, which is absolutely ridiculous. At Errol Lewis. You know who hates Errol Lewis more than me? Bernie. And you know who hates Errol Lewis more than me and Bernie? Bo. I'm going to take Bernie's word and Bo word over this jackass on New York One. Errol Lewis. Give me a break. Underestimate the Bernie and Sid army 
Boy, it's getting very sunny inside these Third Avenue studios. If you're watching me on TV right now, Gabby Lopez and Eric doing a great job. WABCRadio.tv, WABCRadio.tv. The show is simulcast on TV every morning. It is getting very sunny. Here comes the lovely Gabby Lopez. I told her I should have taken care of it. She's like running up and down. Nah, she's great. She's great. She doesn't miss a second on this show. And also, also we, we do implore you guys, we want you, we compel you to download the 77 WABC app. It's free. It's a great app. And that's what we ideally want you to listen to this show. If you're not, uh, of course, in your car and, um, and listening on the radio, of course, at 770 a.m., download the 77 WABC app and take care of that. But don't ever underestimate the Bernie and Sid Army. If you are not listening at the very top of today's program, Bernie missed uh, three days last week, and I thought he was out getting chemotherapy. And I spoke to Bernard on Saturday and Sunday, me and Gabriel. But I didn't find out until yesterday that he, in fact, uh, spent those three days. He was going in for chemo, but something must have happened. I don't know any specifics. And he ended up doing another three days of tests instead. I think he was under the impression, too, that he was going yes, in for he was. chemo. Right, but I never asked him uh, yesterday what specifically those tests were about. I didn't even ask. And now, instead, he's going to spend the next four days, today through Friday, getting round two of five rounds of chemotherapy. So he's out for the week. Bernie will be back on Monday. And uh, listen, God willing, he's getting the proper care. I talk to him every day. I love him. Outside of Carol and his two kids, I don't think anybody is closer to him in his life than I am. And uh, vice versa, same thing, uh, back and forth here. But he'll be out the rest of the week. But... um, Hopefully he's getting better. That's all I can hope. I don't, I don't know what else to say. I, this has been a much more difficult battle than I think either one of us thought it was going to be back in December when this first started to surface. And he has shown an amazing amount of courage, very brave, no question. He didn't feel great yesterday. You can tell in his voice. But he was here talking about the Super Bowl, and it was fun having Bernard here on the show. But he's out the rest of the week. But don't ever underestimate the, the Bernie and Sin Army. So if you just missed a couple of minutes ago, Last night I watched New York One because I occasionally like to watch local coverage of what's going on in New York. I'm aware of the truckers' convoy in Canada, the Ukraine-Russia stuff, the you know the Hillary Clinton spying on Donald Trump, all that stuff. But I'm more concerned with Brooklyn and Manhattan and the Bronx and Staten Island and Queens. So I watch New York One, even though they're an agenda-driven, you know, biased, really gross liberal outlet. And at the very top of the gross list is this racist idiot, Errol Lewis. Now, he and I have had history. He called me out, maybe it was a year ago already, maybe two years, I forget. Bernie was actually here, and Bernie was like, I hate that guy. I said, good, because look what he just tweeted about me, and he called me a racist and brought up some of my comments on Imus and all this nasty stuff, you know. That's what liberals do. They have nothing else. They, they can't win an argument based upon facts or or a decent conversation, so they bring up past history and they throw around words like the R word, you know. So I tweeted this morning that I watched this idiot, Errol Lewis, last night with Andrea Stewart-Cousins, who happens to be the Senate Majority Leader, who actually was making an argument with Errol, who kept bobbing his head, yeah, 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 sure, 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 not arguing that criminal bail reform is not an issue, that instead all it is is a Republican talking point. Are you serious? 43% of people, 43%, this is documented, Andrea and Errol, 43% of folks that commit violent offenses 
do it for a second time. So don't tell me that it's just about misdemeanors. And it's just about people peeing in the street. That's not true. And at no point last night did Errol Lewis take this lady to task. At no point. He just bobbed his head. Sure, sure, sure. So I tweeted that last night. And we'll play this cut. This is Andrea Stewart Cousins, Senate Majority Leader, on with that idiot Errol Lewis, New York One, last night. Now we're also looking at the reality of the pandemic. We're looking at at two years that, uh, you know, have shaken everyone to the core. And I think we're also looking at, in my mind, this kind of repetitive, you know, Republican national uh, coordinated campaign of fear, frankly. And so no matter where you go uh, in the country, you know, they're talking about bail reform and crime. Our bail reform is not the catalyst oh, it's for not? national uptick in crime. No. And so, I mean, I just think we have to reset. We have to, you know, look at what we've actually done and look at look at what 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 is at stake. Let me tell you what you've done so far, stupid. You've taken New York City, the greatest city in the world, and you've ruined it. You've ruined it. Tell me that bail reform doesn't matter. That's not the catalyst. That's not the problem. Guns, who just happen to fire themselves, right? All these white supremacists all around town killing people. That's the problem, right, Andrea? Right, Errol? So Errol comes back at me on Twitter moments ago, literally moments ago, and uh, once again says nasty stuff about me and puts up a column written about me about 10 years ago in the Palm Beach newspaper, which nobody cares about today, nobody. And... um So I brought that up on the show about 10 minutes ago. And now, as I've said, don't ever underestimate the Bernie and Sid Army because I am getting aroused watching our loyal fans, fans of Bernie and Sid, going at Errol Lewis on Twitter right now. And I I actually encourage all of you to do it. Just go after this bastard. He's sitting there nodding his head, yes, 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 and sure, as our city is on fire and comes out the next morning and comes after me. Comes after me? Are you serious? Uh, I don't make the laws. You got the lady right there last night, her and Hasty. Her and Hasty. Two no goods. You got her right in front of you last night and you're bobbing your head yes the whole way through and you're mad at me this morning? You jackass? Errol Lewis? Go kick his ass. He listens- at Errol Lewis on Twitter. He listens to the program. That much is clear. Of course he does. Listen, let me tell you something, okay? Okay. You can say what you want about me. Nobody wants to wake up in the morning on a 50,000-watt station in the biggest media market in the world. There's a million cabbies right now driving around this town with this show on. Nobody wants to wake up in the morning and hear me kill them, especially if I'm giving out facts. Nobody wants that. So, of course, he listens. And he's probably sick to his stomach because he knows I'm right. So what does he do? He calls me names, goes on Twitter. Does it every couple of months, every year or so, and that's his way of fighting back. He's got the bully puppet like I've got. He's got a television show. He's got the opportunity to actually ask some tough questions. Take these legislators to task. He had the mayor on every Monday. Bill de Blasio. Every Monday. I watched it once in a while. One big circle jerk. They sat there. You would have thought this was the greatest mayor in the history of New York. Like there were no problems in the city. None. Every Monday on his stupid city hall show. This jackass sat there with Bill de Blasio, and they joked around like everything was fantastic. I watched it. 
That was shameful television. Shameful. Don't come at me. I'm not the problem. You know what I'm saying? Of course I know what you're saying. I'm right there with you, baby. Oh, there it is did, again, baby. Did, did you tweet uh, Errol Lewis then? No, but I, I don't I, I don't even know if I have a Twitter. You don't have to one? To be honest with you. Did he defend or uh, Frankie Diaz with an E? You tweeted him? Oh, he, he's come back. He's, he's still tweeting me? Oh, you're looking at the tweet from earlier. Yes, I know. I, I, w- I would imagine that he probably defended Whoopi Goldberg, right? Did he defend Whoopi Goldberg? That sounds like something that would be yeah. on par with his ideas. Right. Yeah. I don't know if he did or didn't. I don't want to actually take him to task over something he did not do. But based upon his daily performance, I wouldn't be surprised. Whoopi did return to The View yesterday after her two-week suspension. And if you missed it, you didn't miss anything. But if you did miss it, I've got it for you. Whoopi Goldberg on The View. Welcome to The View, and yes, I am back. And we missed you. And I missed you all, too. i got to tell you, there's something kind of marvelous about being on a show like this, because we are The View, and this is what we do. And sometimes we don't do it as elegantly as we could, okay. and sometimes, well, yeah, you know, <laughs> but it's five minutes to get in important information about topics, yeah. Yeah. and that's what we try to do every day. And I, I, I want to thank everybody who reached out while I was away. And I'm telling you, people reached out from places that made me go, wait, wait, what? Really? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Nobody from, was some- yeah, nobody from Israel, I'll tell you that. <laughs> A lot of places, but nobody from Israel, Whoopi, huh? Today, she's changed her name to Whoopi Jackson. Bo Deedle checks in. He says uh, exactly what I just said. He said every Monday for two years, Errol had Big Bird on. I love you, Sid. Thank you, Bo. Ellen Karras, one of my favorite comedians, is a cute Greek girl. In fact, she took part in the first two Bernie and Sid comedy nights. She just sent a, a tweet to Errol. Yo, Errol Lewis, you're a sick person. How Dare you not do your job and take Andrea Stewart Cousins to the woodshed? Oh, that's a word I use. She is a disgrace and part of why this great city of ours is riddled with crime. And you couldn't even shine Sid Rosenberg's shoes. Please. Ellen Karras. That's how you do it. Just like that. Just like that, Luke. Did you do that, Luke Legrano? Huh? I'm sorry. What was, what was the question? You don't even care. You yeah, don't I, even care. I, listen, you know, you know how busy I get, Sid. I know there's a lot of traffic and stuff going on. I understand. When you hear this report at 825, you're yeah. going to understand why. Understand why you're not going to defend me on Twitter against Daryl Lewis? Well, uh, do you really want me defending you on Twitter? Yeah, I do. Oh, wow. Okay. I want anybody out there who loves Bernard, and there's millions of you who love Bernard, there's probably a couple hundred that love me, <laughs> to go on, on Twitter and beat his ass. I'm just sick of these people just because he can get away with anything because he's a liberal and he's black and all that nonsense. I don't care anymore. Do you think I could take him in a fight? You've called me, like, you know, chubby and flabby. and uh, Well, you're both fat and chubby. You went arrow, Lewis. Oh, so so a fair shot. You got a decent shot. Okay. Yeah. Listen, I'll do it for you. You know I do anything. I think you have more pent-up aggression. I sure do. I I think it's hard to find someone with more pent-up aggression than me. Yeah. Here's a Vinny in New Jersey. Vinny's on line one. Good morning, Vinny. How are you, pal? Good said, listen, we love you both, man. Listen, Thank this you. clown on Twitter's got nothing better to do. They all know they're wrong, so their way of venting is to badmouth you. That's right. See, well said. There's Vinny from New Jersey. Where's uh, Mike Breen when I need Mike Breen? Doesn't do it for the Knicks. There you go. One more time, Breeny. 
Bang! For Vinny in New Jersey, 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. Lydia Reports is coming up next. Then at 840, Dr. Mark Siegel, Fox News. Then at 905, Michael Goodwin, New York Post, before more news of the day and beats it. So a very exciting 90-plus minutes about to come your way on this, the Bernie and Sid in the Morning Show, only on Talk Radio 77, WABC. I am so proud of our audience. Bernie would be so proud of you folks today. Can't wait to call Bernie after the show. The Bernie and Sid Army standing up big in now what has become a blood war between me and fatso stupid Errol Lewis Took from New York 1 and CNN. Huh? Took about 10, 15 minutes to get there, maybe? That's all. Well, I've only been on Twitter for two days uh, back, really, at Sid Rosenberg and his Ralph Napolitano said it. Two, two days can me into all kinds of trouble. But uh, look at all these people on here. John Benvenuto. I'm not, if I leave out your name, don't be upset. I've read every single one of your tweets, and uh, it's beautiful. Amber, uh, some lady Amber, Luke Lograno. I know who that person is. Uh, Chris Rodriguez, Karen Thanalysis, Alan Vaccaro, uh, Emraz Graz. It just goes on and on. I mean, they are just beating the living daylights out of Errol Lewis. And this is what New York is all about. They are the enemy, folks. They're the enemy. Errol Lewis sides with Andrea Stewart-Cousins. Errol Lewis sides with Carl Hasty. Errol Lewis sides with Bill de Blasio. He's the enemy, not Sid Rosenberg. So thank you, and keep it going all day, all day and all night. At Errol Lewis, scumbag, Lydia reports. This is Lydia Reports on 77 WABC. Here's Lydia Serrani. Well, Sid, speaking of scumbags, that <laughs> low life, yeah. that, that piece of junk, that, that person, the 25-year-old subhuman, uh, I don't even want to call him an animal. Uh, is this the person, that, the, the person that killed Christina Lee? Yes. Ugh. Ugh. Yes. Yeah. He had, now we're learning, he had uh, three open cases against him. Three. He, just a, a short time ago, had punched the guy in the face randomly and broke his nose. Right. He was simply given a ticket. Yesterday, there was a rally held for Christina Lee. The anti-Asian crimes have increased. I mean, they're saying 300%, but one person there said it's a thousand percent because they're undercounted because a lot of times they don't say that they're anti-Asian or they're hate crimes because the person doesn't spew a slur. But every single one of these crimes, every single one of them said is a, is a black guy or a black woman uh, against uh, an Asian person. I know I'm all sorry. about it. That's the fact. And, That's and, the and, fact. And by the way, there is a lot of crimes against the Orthodox Jewish community. Every one of those crimes is a black person. So instead of Errol Lewis sitting there last night with Andrew Stewart Cousins 
and saying, first of all, it's not true. Forty three percent of folks that commit violent crimes in this city that are let out commit a violent crime again. Forty three percent. That's almost half. That is very dangerous. And instead of him saying, hey, what about these other figures? You know, attacks on Asians, attacks on Jews. They don't do that. What do they do? They blame white hosts like Sid Rosenberg for continuing a lying narrative. Like, you're doing right now, Lydia. According to people like them, you're lying. You're just lying because all these things don't exist. This is perception, not a real problem. Exactly. But facts don't care about their feelings. And the statistics show that 90 percent of black people that are killed are killed by other black people. I want you to listen to these impassioned pleas by Asian activists that say enough is enough. Michelle Goh's murder, Christina's murder are not going considered hate crimes, but that does not diminish the fear, the real fear that we as Asians, as Asian women especially, are feeling. You know, we talk about the mental health of the, of the perpetrator. What about the mental health of our community, right? People are afraid to leave. People have to choose between either coming to work, getting a meal, or go home safely. Yeah, it's really that simple. I, I don't know why people are having such a difficult time. Did you see Andrea Stewart Cousins on, um, on New York One last night? Unfortunately, I caught a a bit of it. I looked up like yeah. some of her interview. So Mayor Adams, he had, I know you're not a fan, it, but it looks like behind closed doors, he's been talking to Stuart Cousins. He's been talking to Hasty. He was up in Albany yesterday talking to them right. about bail reform. Right. I want you to hear what he said about this guy, Nash, the 25 year old. Now, if only he could put some action behind his no, words. I want, to stop you. I want to stop you right there before you play his cut. That's the problem. He says all the right things. You're going to play a cut. He's going to sound great. John Katsimatidis on my show, our show, right here two weeks ago, interviewed him. He sounded great. But I have a feeling that when he when those doors close and he's sitting there with Stuart Cousins and Hasty and the rest of them, he does a lot of Errol Lewis head bobbing, yes, 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 and then does nothing about it. So you can play all the cuts you want. That's great. But until I see him take action, what does take action mean? Yell at these people. Stuart Cousins, no good. Call Hasty, no good. This one, no good. Until he does that publicly, as far as I'm concerned, he's just a talking dummy. Well, the fact that he even went to Albany and is even speaking to them is 10 times more than what de Blasio no, it's, ever it did. Mean, and it's it, better it, than what it, Cuomo no, did. Not. Let's not it, forget, Cuomo's the one that signed off on this bail reform. Listen, it means He's nothing to me. It means nothing. He is uh, his, he appeases both sides. Eric Adams going to Albany appeases the Republicans and people, and actually not just Republicans, but common sense New Yorkers who are sick of crime. So I'm not going to give him credit for going to Albany. Yes, it's more than de Blasio did. But listen, let, let's remove de Blasio from the equation. He was the worst mayor ever. So now Eric Adams needs to be significantly better. So showing up in Albany means nothing to me. Get something done. Yell at these people. Call them out publicly and make something happen. Don't just show up. Well, he we got to give him a chance because he's our only chance at this point to get New York City back on track. Listen, Just listen to what he said. He was also interviewed by Marsha Kramer. This is from CBS. Take a listen. He should not have been on the streets. We should do a better job of making sure dangerous people are not on the street. I am optimistic of the energy that we are going to work together to make sure we stop the feeders of crime and make sure our city is safe. I can't turn around and say, well, I didn't get help from different places, so now my city is not safe. Nope, I'm not accepting that. That's great. Listen, that's great. Well, then Carl Hasty, who is the other 
low life. He's a low life. I, I, you know what? That guy, the 25 year old guy that killed that woman, Christina Lee, he's clearly not all there. He has a seven year rap sheet and he's only 25. He has got numerous arrests. He had three open cases. He's mentally disturbed. But I think Carl Hasty and Seward Cousins are bigger low lifes because they know exactly what they're doing. They're throwing the city down the drain. So Carl Hasty was specifically asked this guy. He had three open cases against him. He broke a guy's nose. He broke his face, okay? He fractured a person's face just a short time ago. You guys gave him a ticket. What are you going to do about the bail reform? Because people don't understand the bail reform. One of the key components of it is that the judges are basically uh, handcuffed to do anything about repeat offenders. They're not allowed to consider a person's violent history or repeat status. And that's what's so cuckoo crazy about it. Hmm. But listen to what Hasty said just, just yesterday. But everything that people find is frustrating to them about what's going on is just so easy to just blame, you know, bail reform. And I don't think that's that does any of us um, a a service, a good service, if we're really trying to get to the to the solutions. See, Andrea Stewart Cousins, we might as well play it. She said almost the same yes, exact yes, thing. Yes, exactly. Yeah, play it right now. For I know Lydia's heard it already, but if you haven't heard it, this is yeah. her on New York One with Errol Lewis last night. Now we're also looking at the reality of the pandemic. We're looking at, at two years that, uh, you know, have shaken everyone to the core. And I think we're also looking at, in my mind, this kind of repetitive, you know, Republican national uh, oh, coordinated campaign oh, of fear, God. frankly. And so no matter where you go uh, in the country, you know, they're talking about bail reform mm-hmm. and yeah, crime. Right. Right. Our bail reform is not the catalyst it's not. for national uptick uh, in crime. No! And so, I mean, I just think we have to reset. We have to, you know, look at what we've actually done. What and have you done? Ruin the at, city. Look at what, what, what is at stake. Right. And all he's doing, Errol Lewis, by the way, is bobbing his head saying yes and sure and agreeing with her. So there you have it. Carl Hasty, you played it, Lydia. Andrew Stewart, Cousins, Eric Adams, who's going to do nothing. I'm sorry. That's the way I feel. It's I not, have the I'm solution. I'm not changing my mind. Uh, he's I have do the nothing. solution. What is it? I have the solution. Andrew Stewart, Cousins, and Carl Hasty should go yeah. live in the projects for about a month. And then let them see how it is to have no police. Let them see how it is uh, to have that turnstile type of justice. And I can guarantee you within a day or two, they're going to yeah. be calling and crying and saying, I get like me it. out of here. Because I'm too afraid to even go down the stairs and get my mail. Because if you listen to the people of those inner city communities, because 90-something percent are good people. They're good people that just want to get home safely, course, do their job and get home. Course. You know, it, it, they, they're they they're like, oh my God, this is not the Democratic Party that I know. No, not These even These are close. radical leftists that are part of AOC who's dancing at the Super Bowl, like without her mask on and saying, oh, Ted Cruz, can, Ted Cruz, can you do this? Hey, Ted Cruz, can you do that? <laughs> I mean, she she's cute. That I mean, I, I that's the old, could you imagine, would anybody listen to AOC if she wasn't cute? No. If she wasn't no. uh, popular on social media. No, I, I no, Although, nobody. But, 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 but wait a second. Uh, the answer actually is yes. People listen to Maxine Waters. People listen no, to they this. Don't. Yeah, they do. Not, not like AOC. Cousins. AOC is super powerful. No, no, no. She is. Uh, but, I'm the best. But you, you can be. I'm so cute. I'm a moron. And I never wear on my mask. Democrats. <laughs> you guys just, you guys just, they get a lot See, of ears. You just they make get... fun of me because you want to sleep with me. That's the only reason because everybody wants me. She did say that. They get a lot of ears no matter what they look like. Andrew Stewart Cousins. Not sure if you check lately. Not exactly Halle Berry. 
And uh, a lot of people listen to her. So uh, We are forced to listen to her. Well, I don't know about that. People agree. And then you get, the like I said, this idiot on television last night uh, nodding his head, a guy that lives in New York City that should know better. But, of course, he's black and she's black. And a lot of the folks that are, that, that, that are let out the next day who commit crimes are black. And uh, these are these, see, these are the truths that they won't talk about. The truth is, is that a lot of these criminals who, who are in jail uh, are black, and they commit the same crime all over again are black. And the attacks on Asians are black, and the attacks on Jews are black. And, and Errol Lewis and Andrew Stewart Cousins and uh, even Adams, they don't want to talk about that. They don't want to talk about that. So They're the they, same they, they, people that they happen to be black, but they're also the same people that commit the same crimes over and over again. If you right. think about it, in a city of, of eight and a half million people, three, four, five thousand people in jail, right now we have less than 3,000 is a small, tiny fraction. They're the same people committing the same crimes over and over again. And all we're asking for is just to keep the maniacs off the streets. Why, like, like that, like that last uh, Asian activist said, the the man, he said, you know, we talk about the perpetrator's mental health. What about our mental health? I mean, that's a woman's worst nightmare. You go out, you, you come home. She came home a little after midnight and she gets the cab to drop her right off at front of her door. And this guy followed her up six flights of stairs. She didn't even realize he was behind her. I he saw the, I, I, and you saw the video. It's so creepy. Oh you watch him following her. It's he and stabbed what her happens. 40 times know, and sexually assaulted her. I know. Please. He stabbed her 40 times, yeah. sexually, uh, sexually assaulted her. Yeah. And it's like, okay, this wasn't, oh, just came out of nowhere. This guy yeah. had been violently attacking people. He should have never been out on the streets to begin with. Of course not. He should be in jail. Violent, you should be in jail. If you're sick and you're, you know, my friend took the subway this morning and he just told me that he saw four guys masturbating with each other on the train. No if that's so ju- traumatizing, I don't even know what what no. is like that alone is no. like a Trump traumatic event. Like, forget it. You don't even that. That's why nobody's taking the subway. They can do the half fair crap all they want. Get the city safe and you could bring the you know, bring the commuters back and get the office buildings filled again. It's very, very simple and let the cops do their jobs. But the bottom line is, I know we got to go. Adams can only do so much. Governor Hochul, that Botox freak lady. She's a witch. She's the one. That can do something with Stewart Cousins. She could do something with Hasty. She could do something with Bragg and all the to. other DAs. She's no, a Democrat. She only... I know. That's well, the bottom line. Go go tweet Errol Lewis. We will you say some horrible things to him, okay? What did he say to you? I, I called, me, to... called me the R word. He brought up some stupid column when I got arrested. He said you're years... racist? Yeah. yeah he brought up How are you I, racist? I a joke on the IMA show like 30 years ago. He's an idiot. But uh, go, uh, go, go tweet them uh, some horrible things, okay? Guys? The Bernie and Sid Army has shown up on Twitter. They are destroying this guy. They're just destroying him. And, well, at uh, least it's, you're it's not a sycophant. At no, least no. you're not a sycophant oh, no, like not. he is. No. Uh, listen, you were great today. You're always great. I'll be uh, listening later on today at 5 o'clock with you and John Katsimatidis. Yes, that we will have show. Professor Alan Dershowitz. Nice. Professor Alan Dershowitz. And we'll have all the newsmakers from around the world. So everything you need to know, you will find out at 5 o'clock. John Katsimatidis, Cats at Night. Thank you, Lydia. You can follow Lydia, by the way, on Instagram at Lydia News 1, on Twitter at Lydia News. P. Bima XO2 says, I praise for Sid. Great on radio, speaks the truth, should go full Howard on this guy and not stop. Stern was relentless when someone messed with him. Go get him, Sid. Hey, now. Step one, you say we need to talk. He walks, you say sit down, it's just talk. 
smiles politely back at you. You stare politely right on through. Some sort of window to your right. She goes left and you stay right. Swing the lines, fear and blame. You begin to wonder why you came. Where did I go wrong? I lost a So where alone in a bed of death? And I put out straight up to you all night. Did I know how to save a life? That's what Dr. Mark Siegel does every day, the fray. I must tell you again, folks, my Twitter is now my porn. I swear to God. Oh, my God. I didn't know this morning when I got here that this uh, Errol Lewis thing would blow up, but I sent a tweet out early this morning. I did call him an idiot. I, I started it, no question about it, but he's come back and using those words that liberals tend to use when they can't win an argument. I'm so aggravated about his interview last night with Andrew Stewart Cousins, where they both agreed that bail reform is not a problem. And um, well, he came back uh, at me in disgusting fashion. And I've asked the Bernie and Sid army, which is an army at this point. Forget about Russia and the Ukraine. I'll take the Bernie and Sid army over any army in the world. I mean that. These are the greatest fans and listeners God ever created. And they love us. They certainly love Bernard. And I think I'm gaining. <laughs> on a serious note, you guys have been tremendous on Twitter. And they're going at Errol, and they are kicking his ass all over Twitter, at Errol Lewis. And um, don't stop. Don't relent. I may get yelled at after the show by management. I don't care. I don't care. Why? Why would they yell at me? Yeah. I don't know. Sometimes, ah, you know, just talk about the big stories. Talk about the, the truckers. Talk about COVID. Talk about uh, the Russians. This well, is radio, folks. I mean, it's not like you're calling out like a friend of the station. No, not at all. No, he's an enemy of the state. So? He's a New York enemy. So? You're, as far I as know, I'm concerned, you're doing the right thing. Very Howard Sternish. I'm just saying. You're like a martyr. I am? Yeah. I'm like a hero? You're like a hero. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's actually, oh. honestly, uh, who would have thunk? <laughs> well, well, thank you for that. You're welcome. That brings us to our next guest. Talk about heroes. He does save lives every day. He's brilliant on Fox News. And even better right here, my good friend, Dr. Mark Siegel. Dr. Mark Siegel, Justin Ellick just described me as a hero, knowing me as well as you do. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I think you're terrific. By the way, you're no idiot. I've done a mini metal status exam on you constantly, and you are a genius. You're brilliant, and an idiot is the last word. Maybe the guy calling you an idiot is an idiot. I don't know. I mean, maybe I should dust off my uh, – I should remove my uh, my gloves and get into this fray, but I, I, I'm going to vouch for you every step of the way. Well, thank you. He's one of the uh, hosts on New York One, actually. He's on uh, at night when you're probably on Fox News. You're telling the truth. He's lying. Hey, uh, Dr. Siegel, let's get to the Super Bowl. You're a yeah, big sports fan. We've gone to a Nick game together. You're a Met fan. I love that about you. We talk sports as much as we talk about COVID. What'd you take away from Sunday's event in Los Angeles? We'll start with the sports and then I'll go to the COVID. First of all, I'm a big Joe Burrow fan and that's very unusual for me because I like old quarterbacks because they remind me of myself. Every time I see Kelly, I see Jim Kelly, I think, wow, I'm still young. I'm still young. He's still throwing a football. But, but, but now he's returning. But Joe Burrow, a young warrior, he's got the heart of a, of a victor. He's got the heart of a hero. You know, he's dusted himself off. He limped off the field, 22 out of 33 passes, 263 yards. Stafford taking a victory lap, 26 out of 
40. But, you know, I'm not a Stafford fan. Okay, look, he waited 10 years to get into this. Burrow is an up-and-coming star. I'm, I'm predicting big things for the Bengals. I did not like the refs. I don't like all these penalties. I, I think they've ruined the last few games, actually. And there, there it was again in the Super Bowl. I like the halftime show, Sid, because it reminded me again that I'm not that old. Look at those guys. I, I don't care about Eminem kneeling, all that nonsense. He shouldn't have done that. It's a place to perform, not to make statements. On to the issue of COVID. Ridiculous. The Super Bowl shows in a microcosm exactly what's wrong with us as a country. Mask mandates. Did you get the memo? They're relieving them in L.A. County this week. How about moving it up two days? A mask mandate at the Super Bowl when you're testing people who come in. You're, you're asking for vaccine cards. You got a ventilated stadium, by the way. Did you look? Did you idiots look up there and see the air blowing into <laughs> yeah. the stadium? And no one was wearing a mask anyway. Nobody. Even the politicians. Like, Certainly not the stars. Ridiculous COVID policy as usual. Yeah, and it, it continues here. I mean, you're right about Los Angeles, and they showed all the big stars, J Lo and Ben Affleck and Jay Z and all them. None of them are wearing masks, but here. The uh, a profile in Courage, Kathy Hochul, the governor, came out last week and said, okay, as of last Thursday, businesses, you don't need a mask, which is great because now I go into restaurants and, and I go into, you know, uh, supermarkets and all this stuff. I don't have to wear a mask, but, but, but we still are yet to take the masks off the kids. I know it's a weekly conversation. I know it's getting redundant, but come on, man. My 13-year-old son is still wearing a mask. It's mummification. It's a form of control. It's a it's a a collar at this point because there's not even any discernment, Sid, about what kind of mask you're wearing, whether it's filthy, whether it's hanging off your chin, whether your three year old knows how to wear it properly, whether there's actually a place for it during school. By the way, maybe an assembly, sure, maybe an assembly, but sitting there in your in your seat where you can't read a teacher's face, where no one can read your face, where you can't learn a language, where you might have asthma, where the mask might be dirty. Well, you could get an infection. I mean, yeah. no, for, and and the hypocrisy of removing it in businesses where where you're more likely to have high risk people than in schools where you have very low risk people. No sense whatsoever. At a time when, most importantly, the cases are dropping through the floor, especially here in New York City. Thank God for that. Well, listen, it's going to be over no matter what. I, uh, like I, I told the story, right. I took Ava to the airport on Sunday, uh, Dr. Siegel, and she's on, she went to London, and I got yelled at online at British Airways for not wearing a mask. I understand the federal government is still making us wear masks in public places, but eventually, sooner than later, they're all going to have to come to the realization this thing is over. But my wife asked me a very good question, I thought, Danielle, last night, and that is, is it really going to be over? I've asked you this before. When it's over in a month or so, are they going to try to pull some other shenanigans, another another strain, another whatever it may be, or do you think in a month or so this thing will really be finally over? I'm going to sound an optimistic note. By the way, when she landed in London, nobody hit her with a billy club. I guarantee you. They just said, here you go. You know, they already said a word about the mask. That's right. Listen, it, it, I am very optimistic because of something called the blanket of immunity. I think we've seen so many variants at this point and so many vaccines that were building up immunity. Almost everybody in the United States has some kind of immunity. A new variant most likely won't dent us. We're going to see this thing. It's not gone completely. But I think we're heading out of the pandemic. And the tool 
that can really help us, and I wrote about this in the Wall Street Journal this today, actually, is the Novavax vaccine. That vaccine actually uses the whole protein from the virus. It's very similar to the shingle shot, by the way. It's really an incredible technology, and it's old technology, not new. It's not going to scare people because they've already had their shingle shot, and I think that vaccine will give you a much more durable immunity. So that's a tool I've been looking for. We got the tools now. The cases are dropping. I think we're on our way out. Novavax, I brought that up to you a couple of days ago. I said my wife was looking into it to buy it on the stock market. It was $89, and I had a good buddy who actually bought it that day based on our recommendation. Lost like 20000 but I think it's a long-term stock. I think that if you stick with Novavax, eventually with what you're talking about, how, how good it is and, and how effective it's going to be, that it's going to be a good buy because I think folks are really going to rely on Novavax in the not-so-distant future. I can't comment on stocks after having just written an article about it, but let's right. just say, <laughs> right. let's, think, just, let's just it's say coming. that I'm very it's coming. on it. Yeah, it, it is it, coming. It uses a chemical from mo- from uh, from bar- the bark of a tree that you get in Chile. They use a chemical that's from a Chilean tree bark, soap bark, and that that gives it some power. And it's made inside of moth cells, and it's freaking terrific. Wow. Very powerful vaccine. Again, it's tried and true with shingles. I think it's durable. I think it's going, not going to replace the mRNA vaccine, but it, it, it's, it's going to be up there alongside it. And I, for myself, are probably going to take it if I need another booster. And I'm going to start recommending wow. it as soon, as soon, Sid, as the FDA gets off their duff and actually approves it, I should say. You know, you've mentioned uh, shingles a couple of times. And I was a horrible asthmatic, Dr. Mark Sugo, when I was a kid. It was so bad that a Theodore didn't work. I had to go straight to the hospital and get adrenaline. That's how bad it was. But the closest I came to death, believe it or not, was two summers ago working here with Bernard. I got the shingles and I got it on my face. It started off, my right eye started to close, and the next thing you know, my whole head and my whole face covered with these brown sores. And I ended up getting two blood disorders on top of it. Missed a whole week of work. Was in Columbia Presbyterian Hospital. They were worried that maybe it got to my uh, my ocular uh, space in my eye. I could lose my vision. It was, I'm not kidding you, Mark, not only did I look horrible, I looked horrible, but it was five of the most uncomfortable days of my life. The shingles, it nearly killed me. That's how dangerous that stuff is. So I, I do recommend folks get that, uh, get that vaccine that, as well. By the way, Sid. That's how good the shot is, by the way. It's unbelievable that we found a shot that works against the recurring virus that's hiding in your body. Wow. And this shot clamps down your chances of getting sick from it from over 60% and getting a, a, a side effect like what you just described by about 70 80%. Wow. This is a very, very good shot. And, again, it's, it forms the backbone of what we're doing here with the COVID shot. I think maybe one more point that you'll laugh at. You know what? Not only are we coming out of this pandemic, but th- but the news media here in New York got the memo because it's really low in New York. As soon as it drops in New York, they stop covering it. When they stop covering it, the country thinks it's gone. We can return to normal life and stop with the depression and the suicide and the drinking. Right. We can go back out and work out like Sid does anyway. <laughs> God, I love you. You are such a great guest and such a positive enforcement on this show. And Bernie loves you, too. He sends his best. I love you, Dealy. Thank you for hopping on today, Dr. Mark Siegel. We'll talk again very soon. Thank you, buddy. 
Right. Love and prayers to Bernie. Good to see you, Sid. All right, pal. Dr. Mark Siegel, Fox News, right here on the Bernie and Sid in the Morning Show. Still, big hour to come, which includes Beat Sid. And at the top of next hour, a great guest, one of the best columnists in the country, the New York Post's very own Michael Goodwin. Keep it right here, fourth and final hour of Bernie and Sid on a Tuesday. Put your hair back. We get to leave. Eleven gallows on your sleeve. Shallow figured winners paid. Eleven shadows way out of Continues to make me so proud. Been back in New York now for nearly six years. I've never been more proud than I am this morning. Never. Bernie and Sid on Twitter at Sid Rosenberg going at Errol Lewis. At Errol Lewis. Hard. Hard. You want to mess with me, Errol Lewis? Get ready to mess with all of New York City because we're sick of you and we're sick of all this nonsense. Clearly, we say the two best writers in the country both work for the New York Post. In the country, Miranda Devine, who I love dearly. And Michael Goodwin, who's brilliant. He's not smart. He's brilliant. In fact, I heard him on radio yesterday. And he's back here on the Bernie and Sid in the Morning Show. It's been a while. Great to have him back. The great Michael Goodwin. Michael, good morning, pal. How are you? Uh, good morning to both of you. Thank you very much for that, Sid. Well, you're welcome. Bernie is out today. He hasn't been feeling all that uh, well as of late. But uh, send him your regards. He loves you, too, Michael. So thank you for that. Uh, I have to tell you, I read your, <laughs> I read your column a couple of days ago, A Peek Inside the White House. As bad news piles up for Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, and I'm laughing, and, you know, I shouldn't be laughing because it's a serious matter. He's the president. The world is in trouble. But you're such a great writer. I had to laugh. And, and when you describe what goes on inside the, the Oval Office, it, it, I mean, it really is a comedy, Michael. Well, that, that is precisely the point, that uh, we have to laugh because if we don't laugh, what what are we going to do with our emotions? Yeah. I mean, it is it is an awful thing that's going on there. I mean, and I think if we knew the whole story, we would be wetting our pants. I mean, it is. I think it's frightening that Joe Biden is president. Uh, he clearly is in over his head. Look, I don't know that he ever would have been a good president. As Robert Gates famously said about Joe Biden, he's been wrong on every national security and foreign policy issue for 40 years. Mm. That was before he became president. <laughs> and now we see that continues. But look, I think the, the sense that he is not all there is very important. And so, you you know, you talk to a lot of people and they will say, well, who's running this? Who's really in charge? And so what I tried to do was to show, based on the things that Joe Biden has said publicly and what we know about what goes on behind the scenes, to try to fill in some of the blanks. And, you know, you get this sense that, that Ron Klain, Susan Rice, 
uh, Jen Psaki, uh, Blinken, who seems to be something of an errand boy without guidance, the Secretary of State, Jake Sullivan, the National Security Director, who is just considered way over his head mm. in this job. Um, you know, it, it, it's just this lineup of people, none of whom were elected, but all of whom seem to be filling in for the absent president, or maybe it's the absent-minded president. Yeah, well said. And I agree, all those people do have their hand in this mess. I also believe that Barack Obama has a huge part in this Biden presidency, maybe not in that Oval Office, obviously, which he was before for eight years, and that was a mess. Uh, but I think he uh, he's in uh, Biden's ear. You also heard a couple of days ago about this dynamic between Biden and Putin. We found out this morning the Russians have taken some of their force off of the Ukraine border. I'm not buying it. I still think Putin and those guys are going in. But uh, Donald Trump said a couple of months ago, uh, uh, excuse me, Biden versus Putin is like the New England Patriots versus a high school football team. You echo the same (laughs) sentiment, right? (laughs) Yes. Look, I I, I do think there is uh, something about the two. Now, look, I think one aspect of that is just strength and weakness. Biden, it's not America that's weak. It's our leadership that's weak. And someone wrote yesterday, and I wish it's one of the things I wish I'd thought of, you know, in, in closing our embassy in Kiev, uh, the Ukrainian capital, uh, that's the second embassy Biden has closed. He closed the embassy in Kabul, Afghanistan, as we flew away from Afghanistan. And so we're flying away from Ukraine now. They're destroying papers, apparently. And so that is weakness writ large on the international stage. And so I'm not calling for war, to be clear, but quite the opposite. When you are when you want peace so badly that you will do anything to achieve it, you invite aggression from people like Vladimir Putin, from the Taliban, from China's uh, President Xi, Xi Jinping. That's what Biden is doing. He is inviting this ingress- aggression and then trying to look tough. Well, that's how you get drawn into wars, is that you don't really want them, you don't prepare for them, you hope they won't come to you, but then you're stuck. And that's what's happening here. This could lead to war. I don't know what the United States would ultimately do, but certainly if you get a war in Europe, an invasion of Ukraine, it's, it's going to have worldwide implications because of all the countries who will be affected by it. So uh, the economies will, will be hurt uh, around the world. But this is something I believe Joe Biden could have prevented, but his weakness is for like for Vladimir Putin. Biden's weakness is like a big old piece of chocolate cake. <laughs> Michael Goodwin, New York Post here on the Bernie and Sid in the morning show at nine ten on your Tuesday morning. Let's go back to the former president who may very well be the next president, 45 and 47. Let's hope Donald uh, Donald Trump who uh, is lining up, I guess, against uh, Ron DeSantis. Now, there is this uh, thought, at least, not a thought, an investigation, I should say, this Durham investigation that is underway that has Hillary Clinton spying into the Donald Trump campaign, something he talked about uh, a lot a couple of years ago. Opinion here, Michael, do you think that really happened? 
Well, definitely some things happened. And, and um, well, it, it's a little uncertain what exactly Durham is chasing. I'm, I'm not crystal clear on this latest court filing, but I would say that what we do know for sure is that Hillary Clinton financed the Steele dossier, which everybody knows now was fake. And that dossier was the prime reason that the FBI started spying on Donald Trump's campaign. And it was fundamentally the reason why Robert Mueller was appointed uh, special counsel because of the suspicions that all that were in that dossier and that other little things cropped up that said, oh, look, they fit the pattern. But when you dissect each of those pieces, none of them stands up. For example, Donald Trump Jr.'s meeting with a Russian lawyer. All right. Remember how many stories we were treated to that by yep. the New York Times and the Washington Post, the significance of that? In the end, it was nothing, nothing. Mueller found that it was nothing, that it was an innocent event. So that's the kind of smoke and mirrors that we've been treated to by the left-wing media all these years. Uh, the New York Times, the Washington Post, they continue to to attack Durham now uh, over this latest filing. But look, there's no question Donald Trump was spied on, that uh, deep state loyalists to Obama and to the Democratic Party continued to leak to damage his presidency. And Robert Mueller was a cloud over that presidency for more than two years. We still don't know when Mueller concluded there was no evidence to justify any charges against the president, because I think had Mueller finished that report when he had the evidence that Republicans might have held the House of Representatives in the 2018 midterms, meaning Trump would not have been impeached uh, by Nancy Pelosi. She would not have been speaker. I mean, the history of those years was shaped by that Russia fabrication that Hillary Clinton dreamed up and concocted and that the New York Times and the Washington Democrats spread across the country. It really was the dirtiest trick in American political history. I have to agree, Michael Goodwin, New York Post. And I'm going to preface this so you know I'm coming at you a little bit by saying you're much brighter than me, much smarter. You really are. You're, you're a great writer. You're a brilliant man. But uh, you, for some reason, have been very high. And if I'm saying something incorrectly here, feel free to fix it. You've been very high on Eric Adams. I don't get it. I don't want to hear about Bill de Blasio. I know he was the worst mayor ever. He'll be better than Bill. So what? He's got to be significantly better than Bill de Blasio just to get the city back on its feet. Forget about being great again. Just get back on its feet. And while he says a lot of the right things, he's not calling out Andrea Stewart-Cousins, who yesterday said that, that bail reform is not a big problem. He's not calling out Carl Hasty. He's not calling out Kathy Hochul. He's not doing anything. So I need to ask you, Michael, why are you so high on Eric Adams? <laughs> no, I'm serious. Well, I... Yeah, yeah no, look, it's a fair question. Um, I think he was the best Democrat running. And, oh. I think, and I think he was uh, heads and shoulders Michael, uh, among other Democrats. Michael, Michael, the best Democrat winning is, is like winning a beauty contest in a leper colony. I mean, what are we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, but, but, uh, and look, I, I think that Eric Adams, 
he campaigned on the core issue facing the city, crime. And yes, I know Curtis Lewa did also in the general election, but I happen to think Eric Adams was better prepared and better positioned and would be more successful moving the bureaucracy, moving Albany. You're right, so far, uh, Albany has given him the back of the hands. But I think it's early, and I would not give up yet on Eric Adams. All right, maybe not Eric Adams, and, and let's assume that he does have the city's best interests at heart, and he just can't get anything done because of what's going on up in Albany. What does that mean for the future of the city and the state? I mean, do we have to get a Lee Zeldin, Andrew Giuliani, Rob Astorino win, or are we doomed to stay the same even with Eric Adams in power? No, I think that uh, there are many things the mayor can do on his own power, and that is particularly true with the police department. And Eric Adams, I think the, 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 the biggest solution to the crime problem is not Albany, although that would certainly help a lot. But I think the biggest solution to the crime problem is the proper use of the NYPD. And so using the undercover gang, uh, anti-gun uh, units, uh, pushing for quality of life arrest, making a campaign out of it to get the prosecutors in the city to prosecute these cases. All of that is within Eric Adams' purview. He can do that without Albany. He needs to create a movement. He needs for the, for the public to see him as leading this movement passionately and relentlessly to make the city safer. And if he gets uh, advances and we see clear progress, then I think he will get he will build up a head of steam. Right now, it's very early, and he's got a lot on his plate. Uh, I wish he would focus more on the police department. I shouldn't say more because I don't know exactly how much he's doing. But I do think he and the police commissioner are committed to these undercover anti-gun units. And I think if we see a, de- a decrease in shootings as a result of the gun- police being more active. That will be the first sign of real progress. And at some point, I think Albany will get on the bandwagon. But Adams has to get the bandwagon moving first. You're always great. I have to tell you, it's been way too long. Please keep coming back. I really enjoyed this conversation today. You're a great, great writer. I never miss any of your columns in the New York Post. Michael Goodwin, great job. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Thank you. My man, Michael Goodwin, New York Post, right here on the Burning and Sid in the Morning Show. we got lots more to do. We're going to play Beat Sid coming up later at 940. In fact, we're taking a contestant right now. 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. Your chance at a $100 gift card. Compliments of my man Pete Morgan. He'll be at the Rangers-Bruins game later on tonight with his two beautiful children, Pete Morgan and Peerless Boilers, and a WABC Barry House coffee mug. All that still to come.
chance Wide awake you face the day The dream is over Or has it just begun? F. Errol Lewis F. Em. Errol Lewis I think you're messing with you And I am relentless, I won't stop Bernie will be back on Monday. If Bernie was here, he'd be egging me on. Trust me, you know. But uh, now that he's not here, there's nothing. no one can stop me. No one will stop me. Right, you're just going to keep kicking him when he's down. All week, right through Friday, right. I want everybody on Twitter to go to at Errol Lewis like you've been doing all morning again. Never been more proud of the Bernie and Sid Army. We're an army. I mean, he's already down. He's sitting there with his head. He's saying, Good. He's saying stop, please. Well, no, when rigor mortis sets in, we can talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> Just keep going at this bastard. I am so sick and tired of liberals going to that. Um, and I listen, I've been a liberal most. I mean, I, you know, I'm a Jew. I'm a Democrat. Come on. I like uh, Bill Clinton. What do you want me to tell you? I liked him. I am pro-choice. I'm still pro-choice. I'm not a conservative by any stretch, not even close. I'm, I'm, I'm pro-gay marriage. I'm pro-choice. I'm uh, pro-sex toys. Slick Willie. That's right. But I, um, I'm just sick of these, these liberals, like Errol and the rest of these politicians, who, when you get into an, an argument, they go right to the, the racist word. It's, just, it's, it's enough already. Stop it. I did make an ill-advised joke about Serena Williams about 20-something years ago. Nobody cares anymore. I was fired for it and brought back the very next day. You know why? Because while Don Imus acted as if he was so upset about it, and I don't want to remind people what Imus ended up on Time Magazine for, but everybody across the city, even liberals, defended me. They said, ah, he was trying to be funny. He screwed up. So what? Give him a break. Howard Stern, The View, Rush Limbaugh, everybody. And the very next day, I just brought me back. It was ill-advised, but I got news for you. I also made a really stupid joke about a white woman, Kylie Minogue, that got me fired. Not to go over my whole history here in New York Radio, but I have been an equal opportunity offender my whole career. Right. You, you screw up on both sides. All over the place. Exactly. I F up everywhere. Right. You're not discriminating uh, no. like, in, terms of, in terms of where you're making like Correct. career... Uh, career-shifting mistakes. Right. Now I've right. learned my lesson. I'm, you know, God willing, I'll be 55 in April. I, I know this game better than anybody. Nobody knows this game better than me. Not, not a host in this city, not across this country. I got it. But let me tell you, there's a lot of suspensions, a lot of firings along the way. A lot. And um, people like this, uh, Errol Lewis, no, it's just, uh, I'm not going to have it. You know, uh, you're going to be upset with me because I'm not okay with, with uh, Andrea Stewart-Cousins or Carl Hasty, I live in this city. I'm leaving, <laughs> but I live in this city. My two kids walk the streets in this city. My beautiful 17-year-old daughter, Ava, and my angel, my 13-year-old son, Gabriel. They walk the streets in this city. As I talked about yesterday, one block, 97th and Broadway last night, walking home from school, Three panhandlers came up to me and Gabe, and I had no idea if any one of those three could have been insane, angry, murderous, had a record. I don't know. I don't want to know. Don't tell me bail reform is not an issue when the New York Post states this morning a statistic 43% of these folks that have committed violent crimes let out of jail do it again. 43%. That's almost half. That's too many for me in my city, Errol. So when you're sitting there with Andrea Stewart-Cousins, who's telling you that bail reform is not the problem, and you just nod your head yes like the putts that you are, don't get mad at me and call me a, a bad word. 
I care about this city. I care about the people in this city. I care about my family, my friends. Quite frankly, I care about strangers. What do you care about? I'm curious. What do you care about, Errol? What do you care about? You don't care about ratings because God knows nobody watches CNN unless people watch New York One. Sorry, Shannon Ferry, I happen to like you. What do you care about? Here is uh, Joe in Brookhaven. He's on line three. Good morning, Joseph. Say good morning, sir. Hey, you now. are 100% correct. Uh, listen, yeah, that guy, I, I, Errol, he, I watched him once. I said, this, he was doing a debate. I said, that man is such a racist. I couldn't take it. I don't even, I wouldn't even give him the time. I don't even watch him anymore. But I want to call about the bail reform. Stuart Cousins, she's trying to blame this on COVID. I was going back to, wait a minute. They passed this in 2019, April. It went into effect January 20. I had people out here die because we fought against his heart. The young man, med student, Adam William Floyd Parkway, was killed in January of 20, long before, they, a month before. They, and uh, right. the drunk driver, habitual drunk driver, got released back on the road five days later. Yep. Six DWIs killed this young med student. Maldonado was his name. That was one. Spanish lady, 92 years old in Queens, remember? Yep. That was in January, raped, uh, assaulted beaten and she died of her wounds that was way month before we ever got covid then i think only a couple then you remember the bank robber four bank robberies he comes out he's laughing they let me out again this is long before covid this is what they and a hundred thousand said were released in november of yep. 19 of these criminals were released yep. and how many our streets are not safe because of a hopeful you know this hopeful the horrible for what she's doing Stuart Cousins, and who's the other guy? Well, you, you, got, you got Carl Hasty. He runs that whole uh, deal up there in Albany. Then uh, it's Andrea Stewart Cousins. She's the Senate Majority Leader. Hochul is the governor, of course. And uh, listen, COVID has become a great excuse for the Dems. One of my best friends, and I mean this. You guys know this. I'm friends with Michael Rappaport. I don't care whether you like him or not. He's a good friend of mine. He's a liberal actor. I still am friendly with Anthony Scaramucci, even though he went crazy. He's liberal now. Uh, I'm very, 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 very close with a guy named Ron Insano. He's on CNBC. He's a brilliant economic guy. But yet, the last couple of times I brought him on, asked about inflation, asked about supply chain shortage, all these horrible things affecting our economy and, quite frankly, the world economy, and he blamed COVID. You want to blame COVID for everything? I mean, come on already. Come on. She blamed COVID last night to that caller's point. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. COVID? We're having a discussion about crime and bail reform and guns. Who, by the way, I guess if you believe the Democrats have have figured out a way guns to fire themselves, they no longer need human beings to pull the trigger. The gun has evolved and figured it out. Now it just fires by itself. Past the human being. Now guns are, are more intelligent. Yes, than uh, either you or me. But just to uh, bring home the point, if you did miss this cut, we played it two or three times this morning. Here is the Senate Majority Leader. You you can't make this up. Andrea Cousins-Stewart blaming, was it Stewart Cousins, I forget, blaming COVID for the crime issue in New York City. Now we're also looking at the reality of the pandemic. 
we're looking at at two years that, uh, you know, have shaken everyone to the core. And I think we're also looking at, in my mind, this kind of repetitive, you know, Republican national uh, coordinated campaign of fear, frankly. And so no matter where you go uh, in the country, you know, they're talking about bail reform and crime. Our bail reform is not the catalyst for national uptick in crime. And so, I mean, I just think we have to reset. We have to, you know, look at what we've actually done. What have you done? And look at, look at what, what, uh, what uh, is at uh, stake. Yeah. I'll tell you what's at stake, the city. And all you've done is ruin it. That's what you've done. So congratulations. 1-800-848-WABC. That's the number. 1-800-848-9222. I want to flood these phone lines. So that after we play Beat Sid coming up next, we get a full segment of calls with you folks out there. And again, continue this Bernie and Sid army assault on Errol Lewis, at Errol Lewis on Twitter, for calling me a bad name. He called me a very, very bad name this morning on Twitter, and there was no reason for it. Just because he's wrong, and I'm right, so he resorted to that. So I want you to call the show, and I want you to tweet Errol Lewis. Now, it's time to Beat Bernie. It's time to Beat Bernie. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters. You think you can beat Bernie? Good luck. It's time to Beat Bernie. Alrighty, it is time to not be Bernie. Beat Sid today due to Bernie's absence. Sponsored by Pete Morgan and Peerless Boilers. Check them out at PeerlessBoilers.com and PavilionTankless.com for a dealer near you. Peerless Boilers, America's best built Boilers, today our contestant for the game is Dickie in South Orange, New Jersey. What is going on, Dickie? Hey, huh? good morning. How are you? I'm ready, man. You're ready to go? You sound ready to go. Well, yeah, okay. Any relation to Lil Dickie? Uh, no. Uh, in, in no way, in no form. Oh, I gotcha. Okay, got it. No form. I see what you did there. That was very good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So he's a comedian too. Uh, in, in addition to being a business analyst for a software company. Now, what does that mean, Dickie? That means I make our clients happy or, or not happy, and that's how my day goes. I, I figure out what they need and tell our developers to wake up and do it. Huh. Interesting. All right. I feel like I kind of do the same thing. But uh, that's just me. All right, you ready? You ready to get into the game, there, Dicky? Yes, yes, sir. Is that short for Richard? Yes, it is. All right, I'm going to call you Dicky, though. Yes. Okay. Here we go. Number one. What number does goalie Igor Shesterkin or Shesterkin, excuse me, wear for the New York Rangers? Uh, uh, thirty. Wrong. You two-legged back of Anthony should be Jesus. That'd be difficult now that uh, Henrik Lundqvist's 30 is in the rafters. Oh, gee. I, I, sorry, I go back to Brad Park and, uh, you know, Esposito and all those things. I feel you. Yeah, no, the correct answer is 31. So you were close. Okay. Not, not, not too far off. I mean, if you're a goalie, though, you're right around that range, 30 to yeah, 35, yeah. you know. Bill Villeneuve, I think, was 31. You, yeah, got, so. you got Henrik Lundqvist's number 30, Eddie Jockham and Dickie from your time at number one. You just got to put them together at that point. Yeah. Well, all right. Now we're doing math. It's getting very complicated. On to number two, Dickie. Where was Nets point guard Kyrie Irving born? Brooklyn? Wrong. You two-legged back of Anthony. 
Interestingly enough, Melbourne, Australia. That's close. Yeah, no, I didn't. I honestly didn't know either until I drafted this game. Yeah, you so. can take the L train there, right? <laughs> I guess you can to, to Melbourne. Not anymore though, because of their COVID uh, restrictions. So, uh, okay. All right, Dicky. Over uh, two thus far. Let's try and get on track here with number three. Ready to go? Okay. Oh, all right, I'm going to take that as a yes. What TV show was Jack Nicholson referencing when he ad-libbed, Here's Johnny in The Shining? The Tonight Show. Very good. One for three. Let's try and get to uh, 500 here. Number four. Who was the first Knicks player to win the NBA Most Valuable Player Award? Willis Reed. All right. Back on track, Dickie. My idol. Yeah? Yeah. Why's a kid. Why is that? Did you ball? Did you hoop? Uh, no, I just love basketball. Number 19. He was, he was, man, he was a man. Yeah. Well, Came out there. Played injured. Awesome. All right. It's a different game nowadays. Man. You don't have many guys playing injured, do we? Oh, a bunch of, uh, we can't say it. Yeah, exactly. All right, on to number five. Let's try and cap it off here with a correct answer. For what movie did Steven Spielberg win his first Oscar for Best Director? Jaws. Wrong, you two-legged uh, bag of anthrax should be Jesus. Schindler's List would be the oh, correct God. answer. Gosh. Not a bad showing out of you, Dickie. You actually did well. All right. Two for five. It's not bad. Oh, man. We've seen better. We've seen worse. Um, and, you know, I think you kind of fall right into the middle of that um, whole conundrum. But listen, uh, you know, Sid's not very good at these games. So you you uh, you stand to win today, if I, if yeah, I could take I a play. guess. All right. Let me put you on hold. The big man's back. You know, I just got an, a uh, – anytime my name is mentioned anywhere in the media, I get an email. From who? Google. Oh. And it said Simon and Schuster, Johnny Russo on Sid Rosenberg's book, blah, blah, blah. And uh, I clicked on the email on the Google. And sure enough, my book is up. Bill O'Reilly's comment is there. Miranda Devine's, Chaz wow. Terry's, And uh, the new cover. You can see the new cover. Uh, there's a little bio about me. What about, is there a bio about me? No. Oh. You're in the book, though. Oh, how many, no. how many sentences? I don't One? know. Not, Two? Very few. Oh. Yeah. Okay. You're not that important, to be right. honest, no, no, in no, the big yeah, scheme no. of things. Well, let's... You know, okay. Where are we here? Uh, we're doing this game. It's called Beat Sid. Let's go. Have hurry you ever, up. You ever heard of it? Let's play. Hurry up. I got more stuff to do. I got Earl Lewis to beat up here. You got nowhere to go until 10 o'clock. Yeah. Okay. Number one. By the way, Dickie went two for five. You need three to win. All right. All right. Number one. What number does go... Oh, they're still killing oh, Errol Lewis. They are still killing him. God. Oh, I, I love... The Bernie and Sid listeners, they are just beating the daylights out. Okay, what's number one? I'm sorry. Oh, you are sorry. Okay. Yeah, let's that's go. A, that's a surprise. What number does goalie Igor Shesterkin wear for the New York Rangers? 35. Wrong, you two-legged back of Anthony. You didn't even think about it. Because I have no idea. Well, but like, I, don't even, I couldn't even tell you. I have no idea. 31. Oh, uh, that was close. You call yourself a sports guy. No, I don't. Oh. Maybe if you went to the game tonight, you could uh, figure I'm that out. I'm invited. P.B. Morgan. Next time. Rangers, Bruins. Yeah, you're blowing them off. What's number two? Where was Nets point guard Kyrie Irving born? Brooklyn. Why would you? Wrong. You're too like a back of Anthony. <laughs> I don't know. It was Melbourne, Australia. Oh, I was going to say that. No, you weren't. Of course not. I had no idea. Australia. Okay. Three. 
Three, you're uh, 0 for 2. I know what I, I am. I gave you a check mark for some reason on yeah. number one. That wasn't right, so you're mm. 0 for 2. Yeah. Stupid. What? All right. What TV show was Jack Nicholson referencing when he ad-libbed, Here's Johnny in The Shining? What? What TV show was Jack Nicholson? The Tonight Show. Johnny Carson. Yeah. Yeah. I got one right. Yeah, you're one for three. Yeah. All right, you ready for number four? They're just killing Errol Lewis. I love it. Yeah. Uh, well, who doesn't love it? But it has nothing to do with the game. Uh. Uh. Number four. Who was the first Knicks player to win the NBA Most Valuable Player Award? Wow. I don't know this. Um, Bernard King. Wrong. You're talking Walt about Walt Frazier. I don't know. Willis Reed. Oh, okay. Number 19. So the best I could do is tie today. Let's go quick. I have a Bernard King signed photo. You want it? I love Bernard. Can't have it. Okay, thanks. Number five. For what movie did Steven Spielberg win his first Oscar for Best Director? You need this one to tie. Uh, it was that Space Encounters movie. The uh, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't go with that one. E.T. maybe. I don't know. The, uh, yeah. Oh, I don't know. Maybe it was... Uh, Clockwork Orange? No, that was Stanley Kubrick. Uh, uh, I don't know. Uh, what, don't give me an I don't know. Star Wars! Wrong, you two-legged bag of anthrax. <laughs> what was it? Schindler's List. Really? Yeah. I never would have gotten that. Well, why, I didn't get why not? It. I don't know. So the guy won. What's the, what's the name of the guy who beat me today? Uh, Dickie. Dickie, you got yourself a hundred bucks and a uh, WABC Woo! Barry House coffee mug. You happy? Woo! I am very happy. Oh, congratulations. Couldn't happen to a nicer guy. Thank you. Prayers out to uh, Bernard, who I ran into twice. There's no more humble, nice guy than Bernard, and I pray for him every day. Thank you. Um, yes. Hey, by the way, we have one th- a few things in common. Other than I, I'm a longtime friend of Chris McGlynn. Shout out to him. Uh, I, my father worked at 10 Hanover Square. He was there when the place opened. I was there. Uh, so... You always talk about 10 Hanover. I have very warm memories. I've worked there for a couple of Oh, summers. that's funny. Yes, I did. I enjoyed yeah. living there. Thinking congratulations again on the win. I enjoyed living there. Downtown Manhattan is fun. Then the Fidei District, which is, of course, a financial district. Then we moved to the Upper West Side. Now it's time to get out. 1-800-848-WABC. 1-800-848-9222. Short break. We'll come back and wrap it up on the phones. It's been a very spirited Tuesday edition of Bernie and Sid. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters on 77 WABC. How are you, buddy? Good to see you. At Sid Rosenberg on Twitter, the big uh, battle today between me and Errol Lewis, which continues to rage on. And once again, the Bernie and Sid army coming up very, very big. At Bernie and Sid is our Twitter address. Lori out there in Paramus, thank you for the uh, the kind words. 
Grab a couple of calls before we wrap things up here at 10 o'clock and hand it off to Brian Kilmeade. Tom is in Manhattan. He's on line three. Good morning, Tommy. Hey, Sid, uh, you gotta, you got to change the music, man. we got to get back to some ACDC and bring Bernie back. Uh, uh, listen, brother, as far I've, as the I, state... I, I pick the music every day. So if you want ACDC, I'll be happy to play a song for you, bro. But go ahead. Absolutely. As far as the state, you say you're bolting from the city, just like everybody else is bolting from the state. These people like uh, Schoen and Stein writing in the Post and Goodwin placating to Adams over and over. I they don't know. understand. It's like a pit bull. You know, you beat a pit bull. Uh, listen, yeah. I, I, I went at Michael Goodwin this morning about his loyalty to Eric Adams, and he kind of giggled and laughed and didn't really disagree. So I agree with you, Tom. I agree with you. I don't get it. Yeah, but Sid, I'm, I'm just saying that if you have an ideology so ingrained, yeah. they keep placating to this guy like he's going to turn a new leaf and become a conservative and wipe out the crime. If you look at the state, we have a one-party state now. Sid, we had conservatives and Republicans controlling the state and city, and if you look at that time— it was safe, and it was a vibrant economy. No doubt. Yeah, uh, thank you, Tom. Now. But Rudy Giuliani and Michael Bloomberg and Pataki, Tom, you're exactly right. That's why elections matter. we got to get Republicans back in office. That's why come November, F. Kathy Hochul, get me Lee Zeldin. I'll take Andrew Giuliani. I'll take Rob Astorino. Get me one of those guys. We'll start there. Carol is in Yonkers on line four. Good morning, Carol. Oh, uh, good morning, Sid. Hi. I'll be really quick because it's the end of the show. How are you? I'm good, I want to say two. Oh, I just want to say two quick things. I'm speaking as a nurse, a person, and a citizen. What Andrea Stewart Cousins said was an insult to all the victims of the bail, of the no bail reform. Number two, it's a public health emergency at this point. It was a year ago. It's really worse now. And also, um, something that is not brought up, the PTSD of the people who have to respond, in other words, the EMS, the cops, Sure. Firefighters, however, it's um, when they because I know somebody who had to respond to somebody something like that. That never leaves you. Nope. You could have that PTSD and the psychological shock of seeing what the damage um, was done. Like for example, what happened over the weekend to um, that young lady. Yeah. That is so shocking. So I just wanted to put my two cents in about that. There's also an emotional component, of course, too, besides of course. the safety. I mean, I w- I don't go to the city anymore, but. Around here, I carry, I have my mace, I have a box cutter, and I have um, like a 130 decibel um, thing that you pull the pin, and it makes a very loud sound to at least give me a couple minutes to get out of there. Uh, thank you, Carol. No, I'm glad you carry all that stuff with you, and you're right. I talked about that before. My, my family member was, was uh, walked into a, uh, a store that was being held up in Brooklyn many years ago, three decades ago. No one shot her. Nobody pistol whipped her. There was no crime other than she had nightmares for 10 years. And Alvin Bragg and these morons, they don't account for that. They assume if nobody gets shot, nobody gets hit, there's no crime. I mean, how stupid and shallow can you be? Wow, what a show today. I don't know, Justin. I thought it was... Uh... Listen, uh, you moved Great. the needle. You think so, right? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I think so, too. I would say so. Well, let's get all these uh, social media sites out there. Follow Bernie and Sid on Twitter, at Bernie and Sid. Follow me on Twitter, at Sid Rosenberg. And beat up Errol Lewis, at Errol Lewis on Twitter as well. Instagram, at 77WABC Radio, at It's Bernie and Sid, and at Rosenberg.Sydney. I'll be back tomorrow. Some great guests, including the Congressman Peter King, Bill O'Reilly coming up on Thursday. Special guest, coming up on Friday. Enjoy your Thursday and 
Thursday, your Tuesday in New York City. From all of us here on Bernie and Sid to all of you, until 6 a.m. tomorrow morning, peace!